Welcome to... Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. We promised we would have this for all of you listeners. It was one of the podcasts we missed most during these nine and a half months of this COVID-19 pandemic. But thankfully, we get to do this podcast now heading into 2021, one of my favorite shows of the year. It's time for our ITA kickoff weekend mock draft. And of course, joining me as we said they would for today's mock draft via zoom for those of you who want to go watch on youtube you can see our smiling faces let's start where we always start you know him as your favorite writer on our website crackedrackets.com a former four-star recruit and a man whose hat may ambiguously look like some different form of do-rag it's matt the cracks the koyak maddie hey great shot oh i see the cr label you are looking fresh how are you feeling today Feeling great, man. Excited for this mock draft. I've always considered myself to be a pretty good uh, drafter in uh, in anything. So I'm ready to kill this and show you guys where all these teams are going to end up going. I noticed much like Ash Ketchum in Pokemon, the hat has gone from the front position to the back position. That's how I know you mean business. Of course, a man who always means business never means business. <laughs> oh my gosh, and is certainly ready for this moment. You, of course, know him as the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula. Predictions never far from the listed UTR, one of the many dames who roots for the Liberty Flames, lover of almond joy, cranberry sauce, and mothers, and of course, the snitch. The professor, it's Chris Hallioris. Chris, hey, great shot. Again, we had to add a few things to your intro today. Uh, and it's, I think it's just an intro worthy of a man of your qualifations. How are you doing? Yeah, you just, you're just trying to lengthen it to the number of years, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing great. You still got some work to go to get there, though, I guess. Uh, my word count to year ratio has to be one to one. That's good. I can definitely get this to that correct number of words. That's awesome. But of course, again, one of our favorite podcasts of the year, we were so upset to be robbed of the 2020 season. We were upset that we didn't know if we were going to even have an ITA kickoff weekend. Of course, the ITA, the powers that be coming together using these nine and a half months to come up with a plan so that ultimately we can have a kickoff weekend and so much credit right off the top needs to go to people like Tim Russell, like uh, Cody Brooks or Corey Brooks, excuse me, Corey Cody's. There's so many of them at the ITA. They all deserve credit. Bruce Washuk, the entire team for making this happen. Of course, again, it's an abbreviated kickoff weekend. There are only going to be eight teams that qualify for the national indoors. That means there are only seven regional host sites this year. That means the level of competition certain to be uh, something extremely extraordinary. Of course, there's also still a global pandemic going on. COVID-19 is still a very much prevalent part of all of our lives. As such, there are going to be some very difficult decisions, travel restrictions placed on these teams that, you know, uncertainty for all of them. Are we going to be allowed even to play this event? Is our school going to let us travel come January 2021? All of these questions we will try to answer, not just today, but of course, over the course of the next month. And I should mention a huge Huge thank you to all of the coaches, assistant coaches, players who received nagging texts from Chris Matterai over these past couple of days. We're trying, and I've used this joke repeatedly, but it's a great joke. And if you've got a great joke, milk it for all it's worth. We're going to try Nate Silver this. We're going to try and do Nate Silver 2012 edition, not 2016 or 2020. I'm pretty sure he got like 59 uh, or 49 of the elect states right in the Electoral College in 
2012. I think he got every senatorial race correct. That's what we're going to try and do with our kickoff weekend draft here. The three of us, Matt, Chris, and I, going to go through each and every pick. And again, there are going to be 18 teams, or 18, excuse me, 28 teams competing uh, uh, on kickoff weekend. Your seven host sites. Just a reminder, you've got number one USC, number two North Carolina, number three Texas, number four Michigan, number five Ohio State, number six NC State, number seven TCU. No need to debate the merits of should there have been a different top seed? Did any of these teams get uh, uh, snubbed? We talk about that plenty in our Crack Rackets College Contenders preview show, which again, if you want to hear more about some of these teams, we've previewed the numbers 11, 10, 9, 8, and 7 teams in our Crack Rackets preseason polls. You can go find all that on our website elsewhere. Today, we just want to stick to the kickoff weekend draft. And again, we're doing this on Zoom. uh, So any of you listening to this in podcast form, you can also find it on video form. You'll be able to interact with the draft board. You're also going to be able to see, you know, where as we make these selections, where these teams are going, you'll be able to follow along with us. I think it would make this a much more enhanced listening experience if you do get to follow along with us. But if you're on the move, you can only listen to it in podcast form. We completely understand that. That's why we are releasing the audio file from this pod as well. Even before we get to the draft, even before we get to our coaching interviews, because it wouldn't be a kickoff draft if we didn't hear from the coaches directly themselves. Uh, Chris, Matt, we've been talking to players. We've been talking to coaches. I want to go to you first, Chris. Even before we start playing Speculation Jones, the overwhelming prohibitive storyline for me coming into this kickoff weekend draft is just the rules in place is the fact that geography will play just as much as of a role in this draft in dictating where teams go as merit or strength of schedule strength of region I know that's what I'm hearing I believe that's what you've been hearing as well yeah I mean it's it's crazy the number of schools that have you know that have said hey we are going to be somewhat geographically bound right if we're in if we're an east coast team we're we maybe are limited to say you know unc and north and nc state maybe we can get to columbus or michigan but you know but that's we're not going to texas and we're not going to california and that's you know regardless of the school there's a number in that boat and then you've got you know then you've also got a number that are kind of in the hey as of now you can still pick wherever you want so you know, we tried to get as good of a, a, a set of intel as we could as to as to who's in what boat. But uh, yeah, we're we're undoubtedly going to be out of the Nate Silver game in like two picks. So. <laughs> Well, of course, we're going to have some fun as well. We will have a diverging thing in the picks. There's a big inflection point. If one school goes one way, it will really set the course for the rest of the draft and sort of tell us, okay, these geographical limits are absolutely playing a factor. And we're going to factor in that decision in a couple of ways when we get to our mock draft. Maddie, same thing before we get into this draft. Just your initial thoughts heading into the mock, heading into the exercise, what you're feeling uh, coming into this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we know that the, the geography is going to play a little bit of a role, but all of these regions are just going to be so stacked. I mean, that's what these coaches are telling us over and over again, that every single one of these seven uh, pods is just going to be loaded. The competition is going to be better than ever. So that's really what I'm looking forward to is just watching the kickoff weekend because every single match is going to be super exciting. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it is worth noting, we do know some of the decisions, of course, in the actual ITA, ITA kickoff draft teams that are in the draft do have the option to decline, to say, you know what, we're good. We're going to pass. We're just not going to participate. There still is a likelihood some teams do that. And in fact, we have some reporting uh, that we will reveal later on in this ITA draft about another team we expect to do so. But Chris, you tweeted this out a couple of days ago. I want to repeat it for our listeners. Here are the teams who are out of the this year's men's D1 ITA Tennis National Indoor event. All Ivy League schools, we're not going to be seeing them this year. That's obviously a huge thing. We've seen how good Columbia has been at this event over the past three, four, five years. They will not be playing a role in it. Neither will Georgia, the number 11 team on our Crack Rackets preseason poll. They're out of this, uh, not going to be allowed to play. Ditto for Miami, Florida State, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and San Diego. They have all preemptively said, no, thank you. You know, we respect you, ITA. We love you. We'll see you again in 2022 for that ITA kickoff weekend. But there are still other teams, you know, the next four in right now, Arizona, Minnesota, USF, MTSU. If you are a fan of any of those schools, there is still, I don't want to say 50, you know, above 50-50, but not much lower than 50-50 chance that those four schools could all be in play. We will see the way the draft breaks down, if there are geographical limits, if teams, just by the way it's filled out, are forced to pass. You know, I'm talking to all of these schools, Chris, it's like everyone's got NC State circled. And the dirty secret is, if you have NC State circled, it means you're allowed to go to North Carolina as well. And I think we are going to see teams have to go to North Carolina earlier than expected. Going to be really interesting to see how it all breaks down. Of course, we will get to our mock draft momentarily before then as I mentioned we've got a couple of coaches we want to bring on the show as well two of perhaps the most consequential coaches of this ITA kickoff weekend draft uh, we we talked to Kyle Spencer of the NC State Wolfpack of course NC State off to such a spectacular season a start to their season last year uh, they are one of the host regions as a team we will talk plenty about once we kick off our draft uh, but we want to hear what coach Spencer is thinking how he's feeling about his team who he thinks is going to come challenge his Wolfpack on kickoff weekend. Of course, we also get to talk to Baylor head coach Michael Woodson, first-time guest on our Crack Racket shows, where Baylor ends up uh, maybe the most consequential decision. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are as a one seed. If Baylor's in your flight, you're on upset alert. And to hear from Coach Woodson, to hear his confidence, uh, you know, we recorded it before we recorded this intro. I will just say this. Uh, you fans will be very, very excited. You have a lot to be excited about if you are a fan of the Baylor Bears. So with that in mind, Westoff, let's get to our conversations with NC State head coach Kyle Spencer and Baylor head coach Michael Woodson. Joining us now as part of our ITA kickoff weekend mock draft, one of the most pivotal coaches of this ITA kickoff weekend. And of course, all of us are wondering who is going to be the first school to elect to go to NC State. Well, I bet our guest today wants those coaches to think twice before they make that decision. He, of course, is a former Olympian and the head coach of the NC State Wolfpack, Kyle Spencer. Kyle, welcome to the show. It is great to have you. How have you been holding up these past nine months? Yeah, it's been a challenge like everybody else, and uh, but uh, it's nice to be talking college tennis. Uh, I just wanted to, before we get into it, just say thank you so much uh, for all you guys do. I mean, it's uh, we've needed this medium for so long, and we're going to need more uh, vehicles like this as we go further, but uh, you guys do such a fantastic job. Thanks so much. 
Uh, it's like if you want us to send all these schools to Michigan in the mock draft, you succeeded. You just buttered us up. That was beautiful, <laughs> Coach. Well done. Uh, and yeah, yeah, we appreciate you taking time. Obviously, appreciate you saying that as well. And even before we look at this kickoff weekend, uh, obviously such a big moment for your school. You guys are hosting an ITA kickoff regional, and it's not even one of 16. You are one of the top eight schools by the ITA rankings heading into this season. That's obviously coming off of the season where you qualified for the national indoors where you guys knocked off a top 10 Texas team at home in such a fun uh, way to end your season. Just curious, obviously nine and a half months, that's a long time to break momentum, but you've got to be feeling good bringing your whole roster back in 2021. Yeah, I think, you know, it was, it was like anybody else that was having a good season. It was disappointing, you know, to have the thing, uh, Halted. Um, year three has not been good to me and my head coaching uh, <laughs> since at Maryland. Year three, we got cut as a program, and and year three at NC State, obviously we're having a good uh, a good run there. I see that you omitted the uh, the uh, win against Michigan early, but we'll bring it up anyway. You know, just just for your your likes. Um, but yeah, we had a we had a really good group. Um, you know, the actually the the national indoor was a little bit of a a roadblock for us. Uh, you know, we had uh, one of our guys, Robert Turzak, out of the singles there, and and we had a young young guys at five and six, and um, but we had really you know run up the score a little bit coming into that. I think we were eight or nine and zero, oh, and and what a great accomplishment for the guys to be able to go to the tournament. And I think that's where, you know, the 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 biggest thing people say when you're when you're looking to draft of where you want to go. Um, because before we've always been in that and, and my theory has always been go to somewhere really tough and if you make it out of there then you know you've got a good team um, and so you know we were you know last year we went to Virginia um, I, we weren't sure if Nakashima was going to come back or not and we thought that would have been you know a, a great challenge and and you know they were a little bit down but still had a good match and and then uh you know, to lose to Stanford, you know, first round, last match on, you know, a 17-year-old uh, freshman uh, playing for the match. You know, I couldn't ask for anything anything more except winning the match, obviously. But, um, yeah, it was it was great. And you talked about the Texas win. You know, we had uh, two guys that, you know, at five and six that were freshmen and came through along with Alexi, you know, beating um, – uh, Ito, which was which was fantastic, and but it was it was going to be a a, a a challenge of a season anyway. Um, just with you know we had a tough match against Virginia Tech, we had a tough match against North Carolina. Um, you know, one you know we we kind of split the ACC, but it was going to be a fun fun year. And I think like everybody else, we you know we've got everybody back, but uh, we actually don't have anybody new. Which is you know you look at uh, schools like Baylor, which have you know, 25, 26 good players, you know, uh, it's one of those where you're just like, wow, I, I love that we have everybody back, but shouldn't we have, a, you know, three more guys that, that, that could play, but luckily for us, uh, you know, we only play uh, three doubles and six singles, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy with our guys, so. 
No, absolutely. And before I cede the floor to Chris to talk about what you expect to happen on the kickoff weekend, I just want to ask one more question about your team because you bring back a guy in Alexis Galarno who quietly probably at the start of last season was the, the best, maybe the second best, or tied for first with Will Blumberg. However, you want to split hairs, you want to throw Cookerman in there, that's fine. But he was as good as anyone you were going to find in the men college game last year. And obviously coming into this season, uh, he's had some pro success. I believe he won a futures event just a few weeks ago, beat a bunch of good players during that streak. And, you know, we had him on the podcast during the offseason. We said, what are you thinking? Are you coming back or not? He said, you know, it's really all up in the air. And to get him back uh, for one more season, to have him at the top of your lineup, you know, it without no disrespect to anyone else on your team, but that's the ace in the hole, right? That's the, okay, like you want to come play us at NC state. You're down one Oh coming into every match because we have Alexi at the top. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I'm, uh, you know, we, we've always, you know, after his junior year, we had a talk of whether he should come back and, and, and obviously after, you know, after last year, you know, it, and it's more predicated on what's best for him. You know, that's how we kind of set things up. And we pride ourselves in the fact that, you know, Alexi was a guy that didn't have any ATP points, you know, when we got here to NC State. And he's worked so hard and he's been injured a lot. So, so for, for as above the radar as he is, I think right now, he was, he was pretty under the radar going into, you know, sort of sophomore year. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was, it's one of those where I think probably he probably would have gone, gone pro if, if there was a full schedule for him to play and if he had the, you know, sort of the backing um, that he needed to have and all that. And, and, uh, you know, we feel like he's, like you said, as good as anybody in the country, um, you know, Will, Will at, uh, at UNC has got him a couple times and, and, and he's, wow, he's a heck of a player as well. I think there's, you know, I, I think what we're seeing is a, is a, a new level within the last two, three, four years of, of really, you know, guys getting a lot better um, in this pathway. And it's, it's very exciting. It's exciting to play against great players. I know Alexi loves that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, but yes, you, to, to be, to be quite honest, I don't think you can be consider yourself elite unless you have a, an elite number one. And, you know, I'm guessing, you know, when, when the, the, the polls come out with you guys, you know, I, I'm guessing that, you know, we're not going to be in the top 10. And, and the reason for that is the depth of two and three and four from, from some of these other, these other schools. And, and that's fantastic. I mean, I couldn't, I, I mean, everybody wants to play against the best. And if you, you ask a team, Hey, do you want to play a cupcake schedule and go undefeated? Or do you want to play against the best and be close to 500? Uh, you know the guys that we bring in they want to they want to play against the best and, and that's that's fun it's fun to coach it's fun to get ready in the practice and, and and then it's it's great for the guys and and I think all of us as supporters of college tennis love to see these matches so yeah we're excited all right so so we've, we've given you the uh, you know we've given you a little intro time here but let's get to the real fun stuff coach <laughs> so we're about to do our mock draft I know you and I have gone back and forth quite a bit on, uh, you know, what we think is going to happen. So, so go ahead and give us your thoughts on what you think is, uh, I mean, obviously we don't know who, but probably going to be a couple early picks coming your way. And some of it clearly going to be regional based because some schools may be bound 
tra- with travel restrictions based on you know the current situation going on. But what uh, what's your guess? Uh, so we and then we'll we'll come back and compare notes afterwards to see who was closer. Uh, what's your guess on who's coming your way? Well, Chris, you and I have had conversations. I think the lynch the linchpin a little bit possibly could could be Stanford in the sense of do they take the do they, are they allowed to go out and travel to uh, uh, Texas or Michigan? And, and are they excited about doing that? Or, or do they stay home and play at USC? Because then I think that, you know, you know not knowing what a, what a Florida would do, I, I, I can't see them going to be a three seed at, at a Texas or a, a TCU or a, a Michigan. So yeah, I think that's, that's something that's interesting um, in itself. Uh, a and M, you know, they've got two two great opportunities right in their backyard with 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 Texas and 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 TCU, and then after that, you know, I think the two places, you know, nobody really wants to go. You don't want to play Ohio State indoors, but you know, you never know. It could be it could be a nice experience with the new uh, facility, and you know, uh, but but record shows nobody goes really comes out of there. Um, getting a win over the Buckeyes, and I, and and I would say just in our area, I mean UNC at home indoors is just brutal. Um, I don't know, you know USC is the is the reigning indoor champion. They're obviously going to have a lot of guys back. They're obviously going to be very good, but but like a, a bunch of schools, they they haven't been able to practice together. I think this week is the first week they get to practice. So who knows how all of that kind of kind of gels. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'd love to see Florida come, come to us. We'd be happy, you know, to, to, to play a great team like they are um, on our four courts that are super fast. And, and yeah, we'd be, we'd be excited. We'd be excited for that challenge. Um, you know, but my guess would be, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd, I'd say Wake Forest is the first team that, that comes to us. It, it makes sense. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, regionally, it's a regionally based team. Um, it's great for the ACC for us to play each other if we were to get um, into that final match. But uh, there's no guarantees that you look down. There's another regional team at, at the five spot picking in Tennessee. You know, the six spot Mississippi, you see the, you see the, the, the dark blue uh, uh, bus or van, whatever they have. They're always driving everywhere. And they could go to Texas just as easily as they could come to us. Um, Oklahoma State, wow, I think that's a team that <laughs> I think everybody knows they're going to be very good. How good, you know, with, with, uh, from the experience. But, gosh, they, we'd love to have them, you know, come to our place as well. Um, but they've got a lot of options regionally. Um, so, yeah, you start getting down the, down the list. I, I, would, I would pick, you know, a Wake Forest and a Tennessee to come to us. Um, and then the fourth would just be – you know, you got how competitive do you want to be? Because then you're coming into a really good region. Um, yeah, I think there's a little bit, you know, people don't want to play on the four courts, just like they don't want to play the four courts at, at Georgia. Um, it is, a, you know, strategically, uh, I know, Chris, you and I have talked about it, but strategically, you know, you know, we've won the doubles against Texas in there. We won the doubles against Virginia in there. You can put Alexi up there. And then, you know, you got some guys that can really play. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, do we get down to a, a Duke at 10 who, who will want to play regionally for sure? And l- let's be honest, they'll want to play us before they want to play UNC. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I see it, you know, kind of shaken out. The, four, the four, fourth team is going to be 
is tough. I mean, you know, does Josh at 11 want to come to us um, and play indoors? You know, they, they love playing outdoors. Uh, so whoever, whoever does, whoever does come, will will be excited. Um, but it's definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, who goes to Michigan? Who's allowed to go to Michigan? You know, you know, you know, strategically and, and, and who's allowed to, you know, go outside of their region to travel. I think that those are the things when we're pontificating on who could go, uh, these things matter. Um, and maybe the only year, hopefully the only year where these things matter. Mm-hmm. So. Now, so I love that you, you have, by the way, just quickly, the rule is only Denver can come to Michigan. That was, <laughs> I, I talked about it with Tim, with everyone. We agreed only Denver. I love it. I love, it. I, I love, I love it. that you pick Wake Coach as, as the first team to come. So I'll throw the, the, the devil's advocate here. If Stanford can travel and I say they take Texas, where's Florida going if they're not coming to you? I mean, to, to me, they, they look, I love them to go to Michigan. I mean, it's, you, got, you, got, you got a lot of room on the courts. They're, they're not super fast. So you're going to be able to get, you know, good, you know, good feel for the courts. It's it, you're going to be able to play closer to an outdoor um, style match. Um, you know, TCU is going to be similar to us. I think they have resurfaced the courts, if I'm not mistaken. They're playing on five, pretty tight in there. Um, you know, to, to me, to me, I would I would pick Michigan if I was right. if I was sitting there. Yeah. Um, the the thing about the thing about when you play on five or you play on four, is you could have the best five and six in the country and they may not get to play, or at least they may not get to finish. And from a momentum standpoint, you know I think that does factor in. I think that does factor in of what can you train against. You know if you're you know I, I listen to Coach Denton who I have so much uh, respect for and. You know, he's, he's, he's talking about his indoor record and, and it's, it's not very good. And there's a reason for that. Um, but, you know, look, I was, I was at Baylor when we didn't have indoor and our indoor record wasn't, wasn't great. So, so I get all of those things. Um, interesting interesting uh, decisions for, for some coaches, for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, then my last question for you, Coach Spencer, and by the way, we reserve the right to bring you back on the podcast for the full interview because there's plenty more I want to ask you I'm about. I'm ready. Let's yeah. go. Awesome. My last question for you, uh, because again, I promise you, I know how Chris thinks. I know how Matt thinks. We're all going to have Florida probably going to NC State. Let's say that's what happens. And we hear from our sources that Wake's coming there as well. It's Florida. It's Wake. It's whomever for the fourth team is. Doesn't matter. Make the case for your Wolfpack. Why is your team uh, a team to you know look out for this season? Yeah, I mean, look, I I think I think the thing is wide open. We've got <laughs> we've got obviously we've got talented guys. We've we've been last year was great for us to go to the indoor and, and take some lumps, even though we weren't at full strength. But you know, Michigan's not an easy place to play. You know, you, you know that. And, uh, and to lose the doubles points, you know, defending national champions. We didn't play them at home. We played them at Cary, you know, on a kind of a quote-unquote neutral side. It wasn't neutral um, <laughs> in that sense um, because we're down the street. These guys just have – it's, you know, we're, we're, we pride ourselves and be able to take, you know, the same reason why we won't be in your top ten is because you guys are going to look at the UTRs. And, you know, that, that's fine. But in, in two years, those guys where you didn't value their UTRs now, 
because we we haven't valued that that part the development part is is what kind of wins it over and that's why you see you know if you looked at a guy like robin catchy who's 17 years old and he's playing in the uh the uh, uh, Duke uh, Bonk Invitational and taking lumps to Furman, and then in three months he's 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 beating a guy at, at Duke, you know, the two or three from Duke in a prize money tournament. To then, you know, fast forward, hey, I'm going to play five against Texas and against you know Chi Chi Wang, who's a very good player, you know, and he and he and the matches on the line and cool as a cucumber. To me, that's where that's where we've been able to have success. Now, the big caveat, obviously, is we haven't been on the court with these guys for ten months, maybe eleven months. By the time we get out there, that's to me is is when you're trying to build a program and you're trying to develop guys. Um, that's where that's where the uh, the rubber meets the road, and who knows how that's going to gel. You know, I think Paul at Stanford's got a little bit of that with two really high level guys coming in, but you know, could be the first time he sits on a court with them, but it might be the first dual match in the, in the, in the kickoff. You never know. So um, there's a lot to be said, but boy, the depth is unbelievable this year. And we're, we're so excited to be part of this, uh, this tournament. Yeah. Well, we are really looking forward to watching your Wolfpack compete all season long. I will say this, you were one of the last cuts. In fact, I believe the very last cut, and unlike Chris, the snitch Hallioris up at the top of your screen who tells all of these coaches what we're looking at are voting behind the scenes, I will say this. Some had you in the top 10, others may not have. I'm not going to say who was who, but we can make eye contact right now, and you know how I feel. I watched you beat my Wolverines at home. I know what that means. So, of course, again, very much looking forward to uh, speaking with you throughout the season, Coach Spencer, and good luck to your team. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, obviously go Pack. Thank, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks so much. And Chris did not di di uh, divulge any information, just, just so you know. When we got to eight <laughs> – when we got to eighth and we weren't there at seven, I said, okay, okay. I, feel like, <laughs> I put the pieces together. But, uh, thanks so much, guys. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I can't wait to, to, to hear the podcast. And then obviously uh, excited for Monday to see uh, how uh, inaccurate or accurate uh, you guys have uh, figured this thing out. Yeah, we will do what we can, Coach. But again, thank you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. Go Pack. Go Pack. Uh, awesome. Um, yeah, that was, hold on. Joining us now on our Crack Rackets ITA kickoff weekend mock draft, one of the most important coaches heading into the weekend as the maybe biggest question all of us college tennis fans are wondering, where will the Baylor Bears be going on kickoff weekend? And perhaps no better person is better qualified to help speculate about the answer to that question than the head coach of the Baylor Bears. First time guest here on our Crack Racket shows, but not the last time as we will be interviewing him to preview the Bears season in just a couple of weeks. Coach Michael Woodson. Coach, welcome to the show. How have you been holding up these past nine and a half months? I appreciate it, Alex. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been a yeah, it's been a wild nine and a half months to say the least. Um, you know, thankfully every, you know, my family and, and friends have been able to to stay safe and healthy and uh, you know, everything around Baylor and Waco, we've, we've been very fortunate to um, you know, avoid a, a lot of the, the tragedies that are, that are going on around our country and around our world. And 
Um, just very blessed to, to be where we are and with the guidance that we have, um, you know, and, and I think in a very fortunate position. So it wouldn't be fair of me to, to complain about anything that we've got going right now. Mm-hmm. No, that is awesome to hear. And look, if I were you, I wouldn't be complaining either because I've seen your roster. It's ridiculous. You got a lot of fun questions ahead of you in 2021. And really, that's the place I want to leave off. Now, obviously, you guys had a really talented roster last year. And unfortunately, for college tennis fans, we didn't get to see Jensen play. Whether he's going to be a part of the roster this season or not, that's a discussion for another time. But even if he isn't, I mean, there's a legitimate world where you coach have two former number one singles players, two high level number one singles players, not play, or, you know playing maybe three, four, five, even six singles in your lineup. And you just look at this roster. And if you're another coach, you know we're on Zoom, so I can show you this. You just want to go like this to you. You just want to be like, "Are you serious, Baylor? Like, come on!" And so, just curious that my first question is. How are you feeling headed into this season? Because obviously it's, it's should, it could be a really fun one in Waco. For sure. I mean, it's, it's such a great group of guys. I mean, you know, I think we can all talk about what a high level team we have and, and how talented and experienced a lot of these young men are, but it's just such a strong group. You know, they all have, very high lofty goals, dreams of, of playing at the next level, uh, a love for the game, you know, a strong work ethic, a passion, just an excitement to be here um, and, and to get to work every day. And, and that makes it fun, regardless of, of how we do this spring. It's just exciting to be able to go out and, and get to work with these guys and, and see them really compete at, at what has been an, an exciting and a high level. And I, I'm sure it will continue that way and, unless the coaching staff gets in the way, frankly. <laughs> no, for sure. And, you know, I want to cede the floor to both Matt and Chris here because obviously, Matty, uh, you know, you uh, have some connections to that Baylor roster. But my last question to you, again, I'm putting you on the spot here. They call me the Barbara Walters of college tennis, which is a very flattering title. Uh, but, you know, more handsome Stokowiak, Matt or Nick, just first reaction to Nick. Look at that backwards hat. It's a good look for Matt. <laughs> look at the little appeal there. That's, that's a good look there. I think it's typically you go with the person that you've seen more recently. So I think I'm going to have to go. (laughs) That's a fantastic answer, coach. That's a fantastic answer. I think, you know, also Nick's very comfortable with where he's at uh, overall. So I don't think he needs me to to pamper him at all. (laughs) (laughs) That is good to hear. And I know, Maddie, you have a question for coach. Yeah, coach. Um, you know, obviously we all know how important doubles is right. in, in college tennis. And it just seems to me that, you have a lot of really, really high level doubles players on your roster. So just kind of curious about like what your thought process is going to be in terms of finding out, you know, doubles pairings and, you know, how that's going to work throughout the season. Cause you have a lot of options. What goes into your decisions when it comes to different doubles teams? Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't have a shortage of, of talented doubles players with great experience. I mean, I think it's seven or you know six or seven of the guys who've played in the NCAA individuals and doubles. Um, it, it it's an impressive group. I think it just comes down to you know spending time. Uh, testing them out, seeing what works. We were able to see quite a few different pairings this fall. Um, you know, even though it's kind of a developmental period, we, we did focus a little bit more at the end of the fall on doubles just to see what it really looks like. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. 
you know, but I think there's a lot to be said for building rapport, um, you know, getting those matches together where the guys are comfortable and, and guys just kind of click. I mean, look at Charlie and Matias, for example, you know, they, they went up to, to Fayetteville, had never played a single practice set of doubles together and won the tournament. That speaks to me, um, you know, and, and I think, uh, it, it goes down to who's comfortable on what side, you know, what the, the situation is, you know, on match day, I think, you know, we're going to go 10, 12 deep in doubles uh, as, as far as who we feel really confident in, in playing uh, day in and day out. So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for maybe, you know, having guys focus on singles or focus on doubles, depending on the situation. So you may see us go uh, 10 to 12 guys in a match. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we're ultimately going to play the best lineup that gives us, a, you know, the, the most likely chance to have success. Uh, and that could change day in and day out. But I think in general, we have a lot of confidence in the guys that we have um, in, in the doubles lineup on the roster and also want to give them a chance to, to build rapport because I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me to have three teams playing in the NCAA individuals. And I want to give those guys that opportunity um, if, if possible. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, right, Coach. Yeah, I was going to say, Chris, let's get to the hard-hitting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to the fun stuff. We're about to do our mock draft. We need some insight. So I'm going to throw a scenario at you. Obviously, you guys are down at the 16th pick, right? Assuming uh, there's going to be one pass in front of you. So you're going to get the 15th pick. Clearly, there's going to be some full sights. I'm going to say, and I haven't even gone through the whole draft myself, but let's just for the sake of argument say Texas and NC State are off the board. They're full. Nobody wants to go to North Carolina or Ohio State. So you're sitting here looking at USC, Michigan, TCU. What are you thinking? I mean, that's a great question. Who, who's to say that those other sites aren't going to, uh, you know, are going to fill up? I mean, Texas is a talented, a talented team that, with great depth. And NC State's tough, especially at home. I mean, Kyle's going to have those guys ready to compete. So, I mean, you, you've definitely put me on the spot. I mean, you know, it, it, the idea of, of going right away and, and competing with the best teams interests me and, and interests our guys. I mean, to say that we're not going to pick uh, Carolina or Ohio State is, is untrue. Um, you know, I think we can go up with those guys, you know, and, and they're certainly some of the maybe two of the best three or four teams in the country. But you know, I think our guys feel confident that we can we can do that as well. So that we'll consider those strongly. Um, you know, if you were to say between SC, Michigan, and TCU, I mean, you know, that's tough. I think it will depend on on who else is there uh, and what does it look like. I mean, you know, if if Florida or Texas A and M make a make a selection right away, and you're going to have to play, they might be better than the team that's hosting. Um, you know, so it's, it's really a, a tough one um, to, to kind of decide and, and see. But, you know, I, we have a luxury here of being able to practice indoors and outdoors. So I, I think that there's certain schools that are going to uh, kind of take outside off the board or take inside off the board. Uh, you know, we really don't have that uh, issue because of the weather should behave. We will be able to practice outside. We've got access to faster courts, slower courts. We can go indoors. Uh, it'll give us some options. So to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, we, we sat down as a staff and discussed this earlier today just so that you haven't done more research than we have. Uh, but, uh, you know, wanted to, uh, 
you know, I, I think maybe that's our confidence. I don't know if that's bad coaching, but I, I just think we're confident in the group of guys that we have, and I think it will play itself out. I mean, unfortunately for us, we're pretty far down. I think a lot of people are going to be making the decision for us uh, by the time it gets to, to pick number 15. But, uh, you know, we've, we've had succession at, success at Michigan before. What a fun place to play a tennis match. I would love to take our guys back there and, and have the opportunity. I mean, Adam and, and Benny, they do such a great job with that team. They're so talented, especially at home indoors. That's a fun place to play. Would love to play the, the Wolverines there at home. Um, you know, uh, who else do you? TCU. I mean, we're going to play TCU twice already, home and away. Uh, I, I mean, David does a fantastic job with those guys. I, I think that's a great spot. Um, you know, their courts are fast. We'll have to look at that. You know, is that something that we want to take on, um, you know, go, going up there? But it's comfortable to only drive an hour and a half and, um, you know, stay. It's just very close to home. We play there all the time. We know that facility very well. That's a great option, um, you know, and, and we love playing Big 12 teams. So I think that, you know, that, that could certainly be a scenario that we'd be interested in. And, you know, we're actually going to NC State um, in, in late February. Uh, so we play Wake and NC State on the road. Um, you know, I mean, I'm from Raleigh. So to say I wouldn't want to go home a couple of times <laughs> is just fine. I mean, we, I mean, I grew up an NC State fan, so I love that facility. Um, obviously, you know, Kyle's team, they're, they're competitors. But, you know, it'll depend on who's there. You know, if Texas A&M and Florida choose that, you know, it's going to be – that's a tough regional, uh, even if one of the spots is open. But I, I don't think we're – we're not going to choose just to go be the three seed um, and, and get away from the host in the first match. You know, I, I think we're more looking for two really good matches. Um, you know, while I think our team will get – will have an opportunity to advance if, if we play well. Um, so, you know, I think everybody's going to look at it differently, whether it's trying to get one good win um, or, or trying to find the easiest path or, um, you know, we're somewhere in between. I, I think we don't want to go somewhere that has two teams that we think maybe not going to be as, as strong down the road, um, you know, and uh, miss out on, say, we play the number one team in the country and we, we lose a tough battle, then we maybe we walk away without getting some meat on the bone there. Uh, you know, we definitely want to, to consider both options, but we feel confident that we have a team that, that can get to Illinois and, and compete. Um, you know, we've got some guys that I, I would argue are better indoors. Uh, so uh, we're certainly excited about the opportunities to, to make it to that what's going to be maybe the most elite um, indoor championship that has been in a long time. Well, I tell you what, I had promised Gruskin that if A&M took Michigan, I was going there with him. But if you take Ohio State, the deal's off. I'm going to Columbus. <laughs> the deal's off for me too, Chris. I'm coming as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to watch my boys beat up on the Aggies again. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just – the thing is now the jig is up because all these coaches, you and I, all of these coaches whom I love and respect, are going to accuse me of Wolverine bias justifiably anyways. So might as well just double down on it. Might as well own it uh, from here on in. Yeah, exactly. There, there are worse. There are worse places to be a fan of. Yeah, sure. exactly. Like Liberty. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, first of all, I wear my Liberty shirt proudly. You want to know what this undershirt is? It's a Liberty shirt. Um, it's because yeah. But anyways, Coach, my my final questions for you because again, hopefully Chris and I will have the chance to go even more in depth on your roster, possible lineup things, what it's all going to look like. But it sounds like you guys should not be hampered by. G geography and 
And that's something we continue to hear from all these coaches. It was, we try to Nate Silver our way through this kickoff draft and get our projections right. It's that geography is even more important that, you know, because of the regulations in place and everything. And I'm just curious if that's what you've heard as well. If you expect there to be some surprises because of geographical constraints. That's a great question. To, to be totally honest with you, we haven't, we haven't discussed a lot uh, outside of our region with, with who's doing what and, and when. Uh, I've been impressed with uh, administrators and universities uh, backing of, of tennis as a low-risk sport and giving us opportunities um, to, to, to train and compete and travel. Uh, and so that's been really encouraging from those that I've spoken to and, and just, you know, our administration, the Big 12, um, those that around us, Texas A&M. Um, yeah, it's been really, really nice. I think, you know, our biggest thing is yeah, we try to look at it. I'm sure certain schools are going to choose things from budget constraints, from travel, safety constraints. It, it makes sense, um, you know, that if it's, if it's right down the road and it's kind of close, that would make sense. I mean, that will be something we will consider with TCU being an hour and a half away uh, versus flying across the country. Um, but, but that won't make our decision. Uh, we have the green light to, to do what we feel is best for the, for the program, and, and that's what we'll do. I mean, as representatives, we need to get the guys in a position where they can succeed. Yeah, well, we we are expecting a lot of success, of course, here uh, at Cracked Rackets. Yeah, uh, no pressure, no pressure, of course, but uh, no. Yeah, exactly. But we are very much looking forward to watching you all compete. So again, Coach Woodson, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with us tonight. Hope you and the guys stay safe, stay healthy. And again, hopefully we'll talk to you in a few weeks on our Cracked Interviews podcast. So now you've gotten a little bit, here was the warm-up pitch. Uh, you can come out swinging for part two. That sounds great. I, I appreciate all of your time. Uh, thankful for everything you guys do for, for college tennis. I mean, it means a lot to, to everybody involved in building the sport and especially for, for our student athletes. And they love it. They love the, all the, you know, all the coverage you guys do and, and all the excitement you build around the, the game. I mean, they deserve it. The, what these young men are doing at, at this level, it's, you know, it's, it's top, top notch in the world, the, the 0.001%. And, uh, you know, it's just a joy to, to be able to experience that alongside them. So we appreciate everything that you do and, and look forward to speaking to you guys again soon. Yeah, I appreciate taking a sick and bears from you, of course. Hey, sick him. Uh, yeah, there it is. Awesome. Well, thank you, Coach, so much. Take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Guys, Thanks, Coach. Day. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. All right, that was awesome. And of course, a huge thank you to coaches Woodson and Spencer for taking the time to chat with us. Obviously, NC State Baylor, two teams we will be talking about plenty throughout this 2021 season. But without further ado, guys, it is time to get to our draft. This is where we have some fun. This is where we try and figure out who, where, who and where these 21 kickoff weekend teams drafting are going to go, what the configuration is going to be. And ultimately, then we can start getting really excited for the kickoff of the 2021 season. Another quick reminder of how this is going to work. Matt, Chris, and I are going to vote on each and every team. Since 21 selections, we will be time conscious. If this pod goes over two hours, I gave Stokoyak permission to just hang up and virtually slap me in the face. So we will try to be conscious. If we all feel the same way, we can just move on from that one. And of course, as we get further down the list, there will just be certain geographical certainties, certain openings where it's a no-brainer. It's just like, hey, this coach is going to have to go here. Here, of course, when we don't talk about your team, it's not because we think less of your team. It's because Chris thinks less of your team. Uh, but no, it's just because there's just more certainty. If we know where you're going to go, we don't really need to talk about it that much. Uh, so, of course, that is something to keep in mind as well. And again, 
we're going to try and be as accurate as possible. What we've decided to do, and this gets us into the opening of the draft, because again, Chris and I are talking to these coaches. We're trying to figure out who's going where. Uh, we do have a little bit of inside information. So we'll see how we do with that in mind, Westoff, give me some sort of mock draft kickoff sound effect. If it's a dun 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 dun, that's probably copyrighted. But we'll get with something else. Dun 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 dun. Give me music here. Dun 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 dun. dun. It is mock draft time. Let's make the first pick. All right. With that in mind, leave that as a sound effect. Just brush it up a little bit, Westoff. On podcast form, that sounded way better than it will look on Zoom. I see both of your faces right now. That's, again, that's why I do the podcast usually. Anyways, here we go with the very first pick. And again, Chris and I are going to play around with this first pick a little bit. But this first pick, perhaps the most interesting pick, this is the linchpin. And I know it sounds simple. Oh, the first pick is the most important. Well, yeah, it is. And if you listen to our College Contender series, you know Matt and Chris, and I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting on the bandwagon, but Matt and Chris feel very fondly of the number eight team in our Crack Rackets preseason poll, and that's the Stanford Cardinal. And, of course, Stanford brings in the top recruiting class in the nation. They also bring back Geller. They bring back Rod Start. They bring back Street Hard. They've got a loaded team. They've also got the first pick in this ITA draft. That means the entire board is open to them. They can choose to go anywhere. Here's why I want to go to Matt for uh, I want to go to Matt first because Chris, we have our biases because we know what they are allowed to do, what they can and can't do. Matt, what do you think they should do? Um, Stanford, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a couple of choices here that they they should do, um, and. I, I mean, if I can go ahead and make my first pick here, I will. Um, and I'm going to say they are going to go to Texas, um, which I just think is a, I think it's a good matchup. I, I really do. Uh, for Stanford, it's going to be a great opportunity. I think they'll be able to use their depth. Um, and that's just going to be a, a region outdoors, right? Stanford, obviously a very good outdoor team. I just think that really plays in their favor. Um, so I'm going to have Stanford going to Texas. And as you'll be seeing, if you follow along with us on Zoom, Stanford now filled in in the Texas region. We will be filling in all of these regions as we go along. Again, Stanford's a team we've talked about on our College Contender Series. If you want to hear more of that, go check that podcast out. Go check out Matt's article. Go check out our conversation with head coach Paul Goldstein. Chris, this is where I want to bring you in because we know there are geographical constraints. And maybe some people are thinking, Matt, you're not going to have Stanford go to uh, NC State. I think we all agree. You know, Texas, you lose Edo, you lose Siskard. NC State brings back everyone. Texas is the team to go to first geographically. It makes more sense for Stanford. It's closer than NC State. Chris, why outdoors. Are we it's outdoors as well. Thank you. That's a good reminder. But Chris, why are we hesitant about this pick? Yeah, I mean, I, the, the hesitancy is just in the question of are they going to be able to get out of California? And I think we, you know, we're all going well. Certainly, they want to play outdoors if they can. So it's Texas uh, if they can get there. But they may be, you know, there could be some regional restrictions, some travel restrictions where if they have to drive, they have to go to USC. So. Uh, you know, j just for the listeners, because we don't want to be completely skunked on the first pick. I think we're going to split the difference here. I'm going to go with Maddie 
and stick with where I, what I think they would do if they aren't restricted, and that is Texas. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good pick as well. And look, you, it, it makes sense, and you see on Chris's draft board, uh, Stanford goes to Texas. Look, Texas was really good these past three years, and even last season when they lost, you know, the Tellas, they lose Marks, they lose the bottom half of their lineup, uh, they still brought back Spaziri, they still had Chi-Chi Huang, they still had Waldeep, they still had a ton of talent. And had they kept even one of Siskard or Ito, I think you probably go to NC State at that point. Maybe it's a little bit closer. Maybe you want to throw Michigan in there. But I agree with you. I think Texas is probably the most vulnerable of the seats. I think that's what we're saying here. Here's why in my mock draft, as Chris mentioned, we're going to have Stanford not go to North Carolina, but we are going to have Stanford end up going to USC. And the reason we're going to do that is simple. Geographically, it's the easiest. It's the most feasible. It's the thing that's probably most likely to be allowed from an athletic. If you're an athletic director and you're come, your tennis coach comes up to you and we know there's a ton of uncertainty. We know, you know, Stanford to get them to travel to Michigan, would a big 10 school allow that to happen? Who knows for Stanford to travel to uh, NC state. Now you're literally traversing the country. I think it comes down to Texas or USC and you talk to people around the Stanford program and that's what they say as well. It's like, look, if we are allowed, to go somewhere else we're probably going to go to Texas or they don't even say that but it's like come on we can do math you're going to Texas if that's your choice uh if they are not allowed to do that it, the only place they would probably be allowed to go geographically is USC and if they do go to USC everything opens up everything because now NC State is still open. Now Texas is still open, and it's all uh, perpetuated by an additional pick. And if Stanford is forced to go to USC, the biggest winner are my Michigan Wolverines, uh, is my Michigan Wolverines team, for sure, because then it's one less pick. If you're Michigan and, and uh, you don't get one of the first four, Florida, Texas A&M, Wake Forest, or Stanford coming to you, you feel like you dodged a bullet because all four of those teams are just as good as any seed in the top seven. And for the sake of just playing out again, this is so we're going to have multiple shots at being Nate Silver. I am going to put US, uh, Stanford going to the USC bracket just for the sake of accuracy, just so if that does happen, none of you will be shocked. You'll be like, oh, we prepared for this on the ITA Cracked Rackets mock draft. So, of course, I am going to hit a refresh here. I know Chris did his job. Of course, he did. And we can now see Stanford going into the USC region. Of course, whatever region Stanford goes to, and assuming they're not going to go to North Carolina or Ohio State, they pro- or, you know, I guess if they go to USC, maybe not as well. Uh, but they're a threat to win any of these regions. I mean, they absolutely are. But with that in mind, let's move to our second pick now. Maddie, I want to go back to you. Uh, You picked Stanford going to Texas. Uh, I think that's something we can all see happening. You are now Florida in Oliver Crawford list, Florida. And we talked about this Florida team already as well uh, on our Cracked Interviews and College Contender Series. Where are you going? Yeah, I I like this Florida team. I think they're going to go to NC State. I'm going to send them to Raleigh and uh, put them in that Wolfpack region. I know uh, Coach Kyle Spencer will welcome the Gators to Raleigh. So, um, you know, I I just think that Coach Shelton's going to feel like he can advance out of that section. I I really do. And, And NC State is going to be very, very tough at home. But to me, when you look at this, 
you know, Stanford choosing Texas, I don't think they want to go to Texas and be the number three and have to play Stanford right out of the box. That's not good for Florida. So uh, I'm going to put them as the number two seed in the NC State region. I feel pretty good about that one. Chris, we both heard the same rumor over and over and over and over again about the Florida team. You want to tell our listeners what it is? Yeah. So for that reason, we're, we're all going to, we're, we're going to be two picks in and all different at this point. So, so I've heard from multiple coaches, uh, even though I can't get a, you know, a peep out of, out of coach Shelton or coach stump, but uh, multiple coaches have said Florida does not want to play on a four court indoor facility, which is what they've got at NC state. Uh, and that's not, you know, NC state telling me that <laughs> because uh, because they don't want them there. Uh, they'd be happy to see them there. Uh, they're really fast. They're really fast indoor courts. Uh, again, not as much to Florida's liking. So, uh, and you just heard what coach Spencer had to say uh, about the courts there and at Michigan. So I am going to really get into Gruskin's crawl right off the oh, bat. Here we go. Here we and go. And I'm saying Florida to Michigan. Oh, make it so, number one. Put Florida in that. We are on Chris's draft. You can see there, Florida to Michigan. Here's where I push back. Under this scenario where Stanford goes to Texas, like I, I understand it makes you know, like four indoor courts, and over and over you hear that's not what they want to do, but just geographically – you have yep. to go to NC State. You just have to if you're head coach Shelton and if you're head coach uh, and if you're assistant coach Tanner Stump because it's it's so much more convenient. It's just it's an easy pitch to the athletic director. It just makes the most sense logistically in a time when you want logistics to be as simple as possible. And normally that's not what you're thinking about. Normally, yeah, there are geography rules here and there, but it's like okay, I want to travel to the region that gives me the best opportunity to make the national indoors. Normally, there are 16 seeds, so the thought of filling up a bracket being the second person anywhere this early in the draft is just foolish. Uh, but. <sighs> So I think so you're, you're, you're going to make that argument. And now on your pick, you're going to send them to Texas. Uh, <laughs> uh, I forgot Texas was still open on my board. <laughs> I was like, cause here's the thing, Chris, when I argue against your board now, I'm arguing against my own board because like, I I'm, know uh, my mock draft is the USC going to Stanford. This is just to play things out. I mean, in this scenario, it's an outdoor match. They want revenge for the way things kicked off last year. They don't want revenge, but you can write that story itself. So, yeah, under this scenario, Florida has to go to Texas, right? If Stanford goes to USC, Florida goes to Texas. No question. We know where Wake Forest is going no matter what. So I am going to have Florida go to Texas. But now the question, and I'm going to go first here just because it's so funky, Texas A&M, where do they go under this situation? And we talk – to Coach Denton on the Correct Interviews podcast not that long ago. I was texting with him, people around the team. The way he had it, he was very definitive. He said, look, we have three sites circled. We have Texas, we have NC State, and we have Michigan circled. Those are the three places we would go. And, you know, we had a different coach. Uh, I think it was Rodidi during our Cracked Interviews podcast, so I can quote him directly when, and tell you that he said this. He said, look, the rules that govern you, it really depends on if you're in a blue state or a red state. And I'm not getting political, Matt. I see you. I see your eyebrow furrowing. Don't worry. I see you in your do-rag. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying you look like, you look like you're wearing a headband. That's why I'm such a fan. Like you look, you look like you're ready for battle, which I suppose this mock draft is battle. Anyways, 
Texas schools, they're, it seems like they're allowed to do what they got to do. I mean, you just heard from Coach Woodson. We talked to Coach Denton. We've talked to Coach Roditi. They're going to be allowed to do their thing. Under this scenario, there's no way A&M doesn't go to NC State, right, guys? Yeah, in your scenario, they have to take NC yeah, State. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. So I'm going to have A&M going to NC State now. Let's get back to the real world, although I would argue mine is more fun. Maddie, I want to let you go first so that I, we can yell at Chris later. This is a big moment for A&M because for you, NC State filled once, Texas filled once, and God help the team who wants to play Stanford in their first kickoff weekend match. Does A&M have the huevos to do that? Are they team number three? They're not afraid of Florida, or do they make the trip up to Ann Arbor? Because I'm telling you, according to Coach Denton, it's going to be one of those three schools. What would you do, third team at, at North Carolina or Austin or second team at Ann Arbor? Yeah, I'm going second team in Ann Arbor. I'm going to Michigan. So I remember last year, you guys were there indoors first round. A&M lost to Michigan at the national team indoors last year. I just, this is one of those matchups that I, I want to see. I don't think they're going to have any fear going up to Ann Arbor. Um, and, and again, do they really want to go play Stanford as the number three? Do they really want to go play Florida right out of the box as the number three? I, I don't know. I just, I feel a little bit more comfortable putting them as the number two up at Michigan. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I'm trying to pull up that box score from the A&M match. You can see here already I have things saved from the Michigan account on my browser. You guys are getting a full look into the things I do here uh, at Crack Rackets. I'm trying to play producer today. Obviously, never could do as good of a job as our super producer, Daniel Westoff. But, Chris, under this scenario, you look for Matt. He has A&M going to Michigan. Is that the decision you would make? Obviously, you already have Florida in Michigan. I assume you will now send Texas A&M to NC State. No question. Yeah, I think uh, with Maddie and I taking, taking Stanford to, to Texas, I, I think those next two picks go NC State and Michigan in one order or another. If Florida... Uh, you know, real, does pick on NC State, then I think A&M goes to Michigan. If Florida takes Michigan, then I think they go to, to NC State. I don't think they're going to be bound to stay near home and have to go to either TCU as the two seed or Texas as a three seed. Yeah, I, look, it was so interesting to me from both of you guys early on, and again, you are all seeing me, if you're watching this on the video, play with the Texas A&M schedule because I want to bring up, uh, they have faced both of these matches that they would end up facing before. They have played Michigan last season, as you mentioned. Our Aguilar's up 6-2-4-0, I believe, on Andre Styler. And then to end their season last year, you look at what they were able to do. They were able to uh, beat a Florida team at home still, but yes, they beat them uh, to end their season. They had the inside track. The browser doesn't want to agree, so we'll just pretend it's podcast form here. Uh, so they are not afraid of either of these teams. Now, I think it's really interesting that all three of us have all, th uh, all three of our first teams going to separate regions, dispersing. We don't see any uh, congealing. We don't see any three teams. You know, I'm not afraid of either of these teams yet. I don't know if I feel that way. And I, there are, I don't think that will be the case through the first four picks. And I'm upset that my Michigan uh, squad didn't avoid a top four scenario in any of our mocks, except for mine. Of course, that's the case. So heading into, uh, again, to reset after the first three picks, Maddie, we'll go back to, or I want to come back to you. I'm going to go to Chris first because we, I think we can both say with a fair degree of certainty, 
Wake Forest is going to NC State. It's, it's not a question. They don't care who else is there. Uh, we're both pretty confident, Chris, that Wake Forest is going to NC State. Yep, ab- absolutely. I, I, I don't see any other way around it. I mean, I think, I think they're going to stay close to home. They don't want to go play North Carolina. Yes, they don't care who's there, but everybody cares if they have to play North Carolina. So they're going to NC State regardless of what's already at NC State before they pick. Yeah, I agree with you. Maddie. you have Florida at NC State. Uh, do you think Wake's going to go there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's what I had penciled in. I don't think there's any question. Chris mm-hmm. just mentioned everything. Um, you know, Coach Bresky's not going to fear. I mean, as good as Florida is, as good as NC State is, he's going to have all the confidence that they can get out of there and, and make it to, to, uh, to Illinois for the indoors. So, yeah, no question for me on that one. One of the easier picks, probably. Mm-hmm. And you see it on the screen now. They played last year. It was after the quarterfinal match. UNC just blitzed Florida. Uh, Meanwhile, Wake Forest played this four-hour drama late into the night against Ohio State. So I'm not sure if this score exactly reflective of uh, how close it is between these two teams. But these are two teams that have depth from top to bottom. And let's do something we have yet to do here, Chris. Something I know you're excited for as the uh, predictions are never far from UTR. Let's play a little game of comparison here. Let's look at that first round match between Wake Forest and, uh, of course, the Florida Gators, what it would look like. Again, a shout out to our friends at Slam Tennis, who I should have shouted out earlier for giving us access to the board here, making all of this possible. Look, by ITA ranking, Florida a little bit higher right now. By adjusted UTR, power six they're about dead even I mean you look right there at the singles up top you have Squire over Botzer although of course that will be flipped uh, when the time comes but you know it's toss-ups across the board I mean the biggest margin by UTR here at the six singles position of course you know this is a freshman in Maroney versus a senior in Goodger we also know that's not exactly how the lineup is going to shake out your initial reaction, because obviously both of you now have three teams, NC State, Texas A&M, Wake Forest for you, Chris, Matt. It's Florida, uh, Wake Forest, and NC State in that region. Just preliminarily, Matt, we'll start with you. Who's your favorite in that NC State region? Yeah, for me, it's, it's Wake. There's no question. I, I think they're the deepest team. I mean, you look, you look at these UTRs, it's ridiculous how many guys, uh, four through six, I think they're going to be favored for sure. And Florida is a very deep team, but we had the comparison up there and Wake four through six uh, is going to take that. And then up top, I still have confidence in a guy like Barbotzer. So uh, for me, Wake Forest would be my favorite to come out of that NC State region right now. Same question to you, Chris. I pulled up the comparison in UTRs with Texas A&M. It looks like this would be a toss-up. And, of course, when you have Habib, Vashiro, Aguilar, you can compete against anyone. By the way, this is not to disrespect NC State. We just brought on Coach Spencer. He accused us of being uh, about to do exactly this. I will show the NC State UTR where it is in underdog, but they were so good last season at the number six singles position. They were so good at doubles and just finding that fourth win somewhere on the board. But, Chris, heading into this NC State portion of the draft, or excuse me, this NC State regional, who would you have as the favorite? Because I don't think a fourth team is going to be challenging this region for quite a bit of time. No, I don't think so. Uh, it's it's unlikely, but I, I do think that on my board, I'm going to lean Texas A&M. If I was on Maddie's board, I would, I would lean Florida. 
I, I still like the winner of that Wake match to, to come out of there. And the only reason I hesitate on, on Wake, uh, and we've done our preseason rankings, right? And, and I think we've got Wake above both of those teams in our preseason. But this is going to be almost the first match that any of these guys play. Wake probably has two non-American freshmen that have never seen college tennis on the roster. It takes time to adjust to the college game. By the end of the season, I think it's very likely I'd be taking Wake. At the start of the season, I'm going to take Texas A&M because they have all experienced guys that all know what they're getting into. Yeah, it's it's a pick em. It really is at that point. I think that region would be stacked. And by the way, Florida, Wake Forest, Wake Forest, Texas A&M, whatever it may be. And I really do think we're going to see two out of the first three teams travel to NC State. It's crazy that there's this huge respect for Stanford and there's so much unknown about them. And yet you hear that repeatedly. It's I don't want to play Stanford in the first match. Not saying these other teams are afraid of them. They're just like, if I could not play them, I'm going to choose not to. Uh, but I really do think... You know, again, it depends. If Stanford goes to UCLA, even then, I know Wake Forest is going there. And so for me, I have A&M, NC State, Wake Forest as well. I've watched Wake Forest lose so many doubles points, like so many doubles points over the years, and then steal four singles. Like you, Maddie, I'm a believer in Barbatzer. I think I have them number two in my cracked rackets preseason top ten. I don't know if that's where they end up ranking. I think they're either at two or three. Spoiler alert. Apologies. I love this Wake team. They're young. They're going to be a lot better in May than they are in January. You're right. But the fact that the fact that it's an indoor event at NC State, that's why I lean Wake over AM. Just barely. Like again, AM's really, really good. But I think Wake's more likely to steal a match in the top three than I think Texas AM is to win a bottom a match in the bottom three. And so I would lean Wake. Uh, but it's really, really close. And if this is the way the first four draft picks break out, and by the way, with all due respect to the teams coming up, these four teams who pick first, Florida, A&M, Wake Forest, Stanford, they have no right being forced to pick. Like, these are host teams. These teams should be hosting four, uh, three other schools. They should be enjoying reaping the rewards of having a really exciting team heading into the season. Obviously, that's not the case this year. Uh, but just to quickly recap, if this is what we get, NC State, A&M, Wake, Texas, and Florida, Stanford, USC through the first uh, – four picks if we have you know any combination of that I you know hopefully Michigan doesn't get picked for my purposes but I think all of these boards here as I recap them quickly uh, should be really really fun all right so those are our first four picks and as we stated at the onset what those first four schools really will dictate the opportunities for what all of these other teams can do down the draft board but let's start to get into some of these schools and this is where things get really interesting and again we have tried to talk to as many coaches as possible but at a certain point if the scenario you know if the draft breaks this way like for instance if Stanford doesn't go to USC you can throw my board out there's no need for it don't even look at it if they do this Tennessee decision becomes a lot easier but we'll get to that in a second Maddie with where you are at right now and I will share it again on the screen for all of our viewers to see you have Stanford going to Texas to start things off after that you have Florida going to NC State you have Texas A&M going to Michigan and then Wake Forest heading up to rally as well under this scenario where do you have the volunteers going yeah, I think this is ideal scenario for the volunteers. I'm going to put them at TCU. 
as the wow. number two seed at TCU. Now, TCU's an indoor site this year, which could be, you know, people are going to be thinking about that. Eh, should they play outdoors? They usually, I believe, are an outdoor site uh, in the past. Um, they usually play outdoors. Their courts, you know, that's one thing, a little iffy there, TCU indoors. But I think Tennessee's really going to take that opportunity and feel good about it. Tennessee doesn't mind playing indoors. They have a beautiful facility. And, um, you know, I just, I think for them to be the two, they're going to have a really good chance there. So I like that. I, I like it. I think it's ideal for the volunteers if they get to go to TCU as the number two seed. For Tennessee last season, Chris, 14-2. and two. This was a really good team. And their one loss to Columbia at the kickoff weekend was an absolute battle. And, of course, their other loss was a 4-2 loss to Georgia. Georgia team were all very high on heading into this season. But, look, this Tennessee team is absolutely dangerous. They have a lot of their cast of characters back on the roster, as do so many other schools across the country. If they end up at TCU that it's indoors, that is a very interesting matchup. Maddie, of course, under your scenario, Chris, they face a fairly similar dilemma, no obvious choice open to them. Do you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I actually do. I think uh, for all reasons above, like you said, it's, uh, and Coach Roditi told us the first time in quite a while they've declared indoors because they like their, their team indoors, but uh, Tennessee loves indoors. Uh, I don't think they would envy the prospects of playing their own, you know, their foe, SEC foes in Florida or A&M, if we've got them slated already at, at Michigan and NC State. I can't imagine anybody wants to go take Stanford in the first match. So that's the best available spot open, uh, assuming they can travel, I, I, which I think they can. I go to TCU. You know, we talked to Rodidi again on the podcast and he was like, why do you think we schedule, you know, he's like, well, I haven't been that good indoors over my career. And that's why we scheduled this indoors. We want to get better at it. We know we have to get better at it as a program and to any of you coaches out there, uh, you know, that that's the mindset you want to have, right? That's the mindset I think all of them have is that they want the tough challenges for these kids early on. I think if you're TCU and you come out of that top four as well with no one coming to Fort Worth, you're dancing. If you're David Rodidi, you're tomahawking that cowboy hat across Fort Worth. And you're just saying, thank God the first seed we see is Tennessee. Because again, there is a drop in tears between Tennessee and the Wake Forest, a Florida Stanford's of the world. That being said, I think it's a really simple choice for me. Tennessee's going to Michigan. Uh, that's just where they would go. That's probably the first seed. Although TCU, Michigan, who would you rather face indoors? It's maybe a toss-up. Uh, but I probably think, because I mean, if you're Tennessee, you didn't expect that configuration. You expected you either going to TCU or bus. I think you just jump at that open spot. I think you're like, you know what? Yeah, Michigan's really good indoors. It's at home, but we'll take our chance. I also think travel-wise, Tennessee to Michigan versus Tennessee to Fort Worth, it's probably pretty equidistant. So geographically, you can kind of throw that out the window. Uh, if you had my board, Chris, since we're kind of doing this together, you have Tennessee at Michigan? Absolutely. Yeah, just by UTR. Just quickly, let's do a quick comparison of the teams, Tennessee to Michigan by UTR. Tennessee uh, in 80 by power UTR, my Wolverines, approximately a 79. Well, Tennessee would have five favorites. You compare that with how they would match up against TCU. Uh, it would be 5-1 split to TCU. So by UTR, they probably do head to Michigan. But that's Tennessee in the books now. We ha I have them going to Michigan next. Uh, we ha You guys both have them TCU next. 
We get to Oklahoma State, who would probably be kicking themselves if Tennessee does end up in Fort Worth. They're like, oh, that would have been our first spot geographically. It makes sense. Of course, they probably are. I mean, they definitely are going to see. You got Ole Miss first, Alex. Oh, they have Ole Miss. Yeah, that's, that's good reading by me. Hey, great shot. Okay, let's go to Ole Miss. It was inevitable. This is why they don't let me work the real draft yet. This is why it's just a mock. Uh, but let's start with Ole Miss, another SEC team then. And again, you look at the geography for them. Do you want to be the fourth team at NC State if you're Ole Miss? Do you think you can beat them and get a really good second match then? Do you maybe head to Ann Arbor, think you can beat tennis, uh, head to Ann Arbor, head to TCU, excuse me, think you can beat TCU? You know, what are you doing, Maddie, if you are the running Rebels? Yeah, I think, I think they're just the Rebels, in. actually. Wait, isn't UNLV the running Rebels and Ole Miss is just the Rebels? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I know. Sorry to qualify my Rebels incorrectly. Nevertheless, go on. I'm gonna stick them. I'm gonna stick them in Fort Worth, actually, and have Ooh! them play as the number three. They're gonna play Tennessee right out of the box and right, familiar foes, right? That's yeah. an SEC matchup that we get right there. And you know, I just if you're Ole Miss, you don't want to go play Stanford in Austin you don't want to be that fourth team at NC State I I wouldn't think so I think they're going to look at that and say you know what geographically again fairly close match them up with Tennessee a familiar foe and then take your chances maybe with a TCU after that so um you know if you're all Miss we'll see no, you look at the UTRs here by comparison. Tennessee a uh, fi- uh, would have all six favorites, but they're pretty narrow favorites. It's it's not too crazy. I mean, it, it's comfortably Tennessee, but as you mentioned, that's a conference foe. Of course, you compare yep. Ole Miss now to someone like NC State. Let's see how that would fare out. Ole Miss compared to NC State. Wow, Ole Miss would actually be favored in five spots by UTR. So with that little tidbit in mind, Chris, you going to agree with Maddie, or are you going to send the Rebels to NC State? No, I'm not going to Fort Worth at all. I'm absolutely, I actually only had two thoughts in mind. The first was NC State. The second was someone is going to take a flyer on USC. I thought you were about to say Columbus. I was going to be like, that's crazy. No, well, see, here's the deal that that we haven't haven't really talked about yet. And we haven't got into what the rule is going to be here. But let's say that there's a, very, there's a very likely chance that we get through this draft and between now and the end of January, you cannot host an event in Southern California. Mm-hmm. If that happens, the, the rule right now is USC can still play their pod, but the hosting, the hosting privilege drops to the two seed. So if you were to take them as the board starts to fill up and go, yeah, we'll be the two seed because we think there's a 50% chance we end up as the host. Maybe that comes into play. I don't think it comes into play yet. I'm going to NC State. That's it. Look, again, we, that's we a just tough, that's a tough region right yeah, there. Rally, Raleigh is locked now for Chris Helios as he has the Ole Miss Rebels going there. It would be NC State versus Ole Miss, a little ACC SEC action, AM versus Wake Forest. That's interesting. I mean, I can't disagree with your logic. I have to say between the two boards, I probably agree with Chris. If you're Ole Miss, you think you can beat NC State, and then you get a really good second match that even if you don't win, you have on the resume. And banking good resume matches, uh, playing a non-conference opponent, which would be the option for them at kickoff weekend, that's everything for these schools. So Chris, I really like your logic there. I, I could see Ole Miss leaning Raleigh. Now for me, 
I think they have to go to Fort Worth, probably. I mean, the truth is, I don't disagree with you, though, Chris. Like, uh, so to be true to the scenario, this is where I'm going to need your guys' help. Assuming Stanford goes to USC, which, again, is the big assumption, Ole Miss has to take the TCU empty spot here. Is that what you guys think, or would you still put them? Like, because I still would maybe lean towards NC State. Yeah, I, I, I think in this scenario, they have to go to TCU. Yeah. I, I don't know how you avoid taking an open two seed knowing that, you know, you're going to get, but again, it's into what you're looking for, right? If you think you're going to be, if you think that makes you a fairly heavy favorite in your first match and a match that doesn't give you a lot of ranking points for the end of the year, um, then maybe it's not great. And you figure, but we will get good points if we go to NC state, uh, if we can manage to win one of our two matches there, you know, maybe that's a decider. I don't, I don't know. I still think the, that you go somewhere with the mindset of you, you want to win and get to, and get to, to Illinois. And I think the best, the best shot to win and get to Illinois on this board is by going to Fort Worth. You sold me. Give me Ole Miss going to Fort Worth. Put them in the TCU category. And now we get to move on to Oklahoma State, a team I know both of you are very fond of this season. We've talked about it off mic. Uh, We're not going to be doing a college contender series on them. They're a team that's going to be a lot closer to number 15 in the country than they are number 25 in all of our opinions. This is a dangerous team. Uh, the Cowboys this year. Maddie, let's start with you. Uh, You've still got three open regions, USC, North Carolina, Ohio State. Do you see Oklahoma State heading to any of those? Do you see them challenging Stanford? What do you got for us? Yeah, I think they may look at this and and go to USC. So I'm going to put them as the number two out in Los Angeles um, just because – as the two, I just I, I think they're going to look at that as an opportunity. I mean, could they go to Raleigh? Yeah, but again, it's just such a strong region. The chance of them getting out of there with Wake and, and Florida in, in my bracket, I don't like it. I, again, I'm going with the logic here that I did with Tennessee in Fort Worth is, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock up this two spot and see who comes in here after that and roll with the chances. No, I, I really like that pick. I, I think that I see no issue with it. I mean, it's bold. It's absolutely bold. And one could argue, looking at your draft board, Maddie, if you send, you know, uh, Oklahoma State maybe to, well, the problem is you have A&M in Ann Arbor. I didn't, I forgot about that. Um, nope. Okay. Yeah, that's, I think that's probably a pick. They get a win there. Uh, Chris, you look at your scenario right now. Do you send Oklahoma State to Tennessee? Maybe they think they can win that region. Maybe you send them to Ann Arbor. Maybe they think they could win that region. You already have Raleigh full. So this is a, a really interesting choice for you. Where do you send the volunteers? Uh, yeah, me, I, 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 don't, I don't think that, that Oklahoma State wants to go out to USC. Uh, it, not to mention it's also – I mean, I think Oklahoma State would probably rather play indoors. They play a lot indoors. Um, I, to, in my mind, it's between going to Michigan and, and going to TCU. And if I look at the prospects of playing Florida or Tennessee first, I think I'd rather play Tennessee. So I'm going to, and it's probably close. It's a closer for them. Uh, if, if, and I have no insight into, into their situation. So I'm going to take uh, Oklahoma state and send them to Fort Worth and go to TCU. 
You look at it by comparison on your screen on our UTRs, Oklahoma State would be flavored, favored, flavored and favored at the top three singles positions for uh, if they played Tennessee. Now it would be uh, they would be down in the bottom three if they travel to Ann Arbor under this situation for you. If they play, I believe Florida is who you have there. They would be underdogs in all in five of the six flights. Riffis vocal at top would be a toss up. Since I view again, I. Eh. Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I agree with your logic, Chris. If I'm then, you go to that TCU region, you think you can win it. I mean, certainly you think you can beat Tennessee to get your first of probably, as we heard from these Big 12 coaches, uh, three looks at TCU early on. I see no problem with that for Oklahoma State. I agree with you there. I do you go to NC State now? No, if you're a team, you probably still, well, maybe my next team doesn't. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to send Oklahoma State to Fort Worth. I'm going to have them traveling, uh, challenging the Rebels in my bracket. You think that's the pick, Chris, here? Yeah, I think it's the same pick between Michigan and, and, mm-hmm. and Fort Worth. Um, and, yeah, I think it's a better matchup with Ole Miss. That's probably where I go still. Yeah, we can compare I, that. I th- quick. There's, a, there's a chance they look at that, though, and think, yeah, but the, but the title match, should we get there – uh, maybe in their mind is more winnable against Michigan than TCU. But I mean, ah, I, I don't really know. I, I, it's so close that I'd still kind of lean on the geography side and say they go to Fort Worth. Yeah, I agree with you. So let's lock in Ole Miss, uh, excuse me, let's lock in Oklahoma State there for my pick going uh, to Fort Worth and TCU. Okay, again, Central Florida here. I'm going to go first because I think it's pretty straightforward where they go in my board, both geographically, just both with the team they had. We saw them have a couple of individuals have success in the fall. I think this Central Florida team goes to Raleigh, right? They go, they play NC State, they get a couple of good matches, and then they're locked. And then that rally region is locked for me. Again, Chris, you have as much stake in my bracket as mine. I don't know if you've spoken to anyone around UCF, but they probably feel like they can beat that NC State team more than some of the other options open to them. I mean, maybe they travel to Ann Arbor, but just geographically, Raleigh would make more sense. Yeah, on, on your board, I think they've I think they've got to take the the NC State, and I I actually I didn't get a great feeling in in speaking to Coach Roddick on you know on what their prospects were. There, you know, I I get, I almost get a sense that it's very likely they look at it and go, yeah, we're not really enthused about any of that. We're just going to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's possible, I think, out of them, but. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to put that up now and say, oh, yeah, they're going to pass I, on your board. Yeah, I think they go to Raleigh. Yeah, and look, I just compared it. If they were to play Tennessee in the first-round match, Tennessee would be favored in four of the six flights. If they go to NC State, uh, it's actually U, uh, UCF who would be favored in, I believe, five of the six flights. And, yeah, I just think on this part of the board, for me, should everything break this way again, that's where Central Florida goes. Maddie, on your board, you still have that fourth spot in Raleigh open you have a couple of openings in Chapel Hill and Columbus it's probably tough sledding for UCF no matter where they go on your board so where do you have them headed yeah no they're going to Raleigh no question yeah. about it I mean I think that's the obvious choice here and and you know to to go to that region with oh. state Florida and Wake Forest. I mean, that is an op. Talk about an opportunity, right? For your team. Coach Roddick should really look at that as a phenomenal opportunity to get his team two outstanding matches. Geographically, it makes sense. Um, to me, that's, that's a, 
pretty much a no-brainer. Yeah. Chris, same question to you. Your Raleigh is full, so you have a bit of a different choice here. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a tough spot here because Raleigh's full. I don't think they want to go – I don't think – I honestly think if my board is there when it's their pick that Coach Roddick would make a very good chance that he passes. But – You can do it if you want, can't you? Oh, yeah, you, I can, but I don't I – don't, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that here. I think, I think I'll leave them in, and say that I that they're gonna go to Michigan. They're gonna go to Mi- that is so Central and Florida and Florida are both traveling. I don't own your board anymore. I'm Team Matt. I'm jumping on the Matt bandwagon. <laughs> I'm off this. This mock draft is whack. Um, no, I mean, so that's the thing is I know neither of us have talked to John Roddick directly, or at least I haven't. I, I can't speak for you, Chris. Um, you know, I'm too yeah, only enough that. to know that they can they can play, but that's I wasn't getting much else out, out, yeah. of, out of Coach Roddick. No, I actually just... think that there's a good likelihood. You know, Maddie already took somebody to USC. I think if they can go to Southern Cal, they they might actually take a shot and go there, thinking, yeah. "Hey, we could end up being the host." Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well, Chris. That especially on your board, you just put them in in Michigan. I might have probably thrown them out to to USC in your scenario. And yeah, I, I think it's very li- it's very likely that they that they might do that. I mean, Florida's the wild wild west. They'll let you host anything. What what the heck? Let's you you convince me. We're, yeah, we're oh, switch. We have our first switch. This is a good mode. That's exactly what I was looking for. Beautiful, Chris. We have deemed you that the window in the in the pick did not shift. If you would like to move Central Florida, we have agreed. You can make the move. Yeah, I did, and it should show up for you uh, hopefully momentarily there. Officially in the USC region, so now things get a little bit funkier on Chris's board. And again, I have UCF going to Raleigh. Matt also has them going to Raleigh. Chris has them headed out to LA. That gets us to our next team, UCLA, who probably was looking at your board and Chris and thinking, oh man, if we could be the two seed in LA, this broke right for us. That's not the case any longer. I want to go to you now. I still think on your board, they probably end up in LA. What do you think? Yeah, this is tough. I mean, LA is easy. They stay at home. It's that or Austin and like, you don't want to play Stanford first. No. Oh, if I'm them looking at that board, I, I may, maybe a Michigan, but Florida's still tough. You don't want to play Stanford. I don't, I don't know how you get away from it. I'm with, I, I think they have to stay home and, and go, to U, go to USC. I just think that's a geography pick as well, and we keep emphasizing that. For UCLA, if it's that simple, it's that big of a no-brainer, I think they have to go to uh, USC. And they get a really good first match, by the way, in UCF. That would be a fun one for all of us on day one. Maddie, you look at your board. You have something similar in mind. You're going to have UCLA going to face the Cowboys? Yep, no question. I think it's too easy of a call. I think they'll feel good about that matchup against the Cowboys and geographically makes sense. Hey, take your shot, USC conference. I mean, that is the chance to prove something, right? And play USC to go to indoors possibly. I mean, I think that sets up pretty well. I want to see what would that UCLA-Oklahoma State match be? I think Oklahoma State, yeah, favored in four of the six singles flights. God, it is crazy to see the name Ben Goldberg at the number three singles position for UCLA. And I love Benny. Uh, But, uh, I mean, 
Yeah, I think if you're UCLA, I just think that has to be the pick. And obviously in my board, Stanford's there, USC is there. Is it just going to be Pac-12 City? If you're looking at this board, I think for me, if you're UCLA, do you test Austin? Like, do you think about, do you go play the Gators, just get out of Pac-12 territory? Or do we, for the sake of this board, for intellectual consistency, Chris, have UCLA in L.A.? Wow, that's a ridiculous region if Stanford and USC are already there. I, it's I mean, a joke. There's no way they're even, no matter how good they feel, there's no way they could think they're going to beat Stanford and then USC. I mean. Yeah, but, but so where do they go? Ann Arbor or Austin? Probably Austin. Because if you get through Florida, you can beat Texas. It's outdoors. But it's Florida outdoors. outdoors. Yeah, but I, what's the alternative? Tennessee indoors? Like, it's a lose Absolutely, lose man. I, I pick on Michigan for sure. Uh, Maddie, you're the tiebreaker here. You are UCLA. This is your board. Where do you go? This is the first stumper. This one's a Tanner stumper. It's tough. Yeah, th this, this is definitely a bit of a stumper. Um, I, if it really came down to it, I think I would end up going to Michigan. Even though... I think the Texas, like, it's appealing. It's outdoors. I mean, you get to play a Florida team. But if you're UCLA and you want to actually make it to indoors, I mean, they can match up with Tennessee. And then, yeah, I'd put them, I'd put them in Ann Arbor. The question is, would Ann Arbor allow someone from UCLA, like a California school, to travel into Michigan? Austin's the closer pick. I feel yeah. like it's, it's more intellectually honest to go there, but we are a meritocracy here at Crab Meritocracy. We are a democracy. We are also a meritocracy. That's why I'm on the top screen on the split skit, although Matt, Matty S would be the top screen if that was the case. Anyways, democracy wins out. Chrissy, send those Bruins to Ann Arbor. That's where they're going. We have made a collective pick. We are going to get Tennessee UCLA in round one. Honestly, if that's the case, if it's Michigan, Tennessee, UCLA, I mean, Chris, can I just pick you up in Louisville and we'll drive to Raleigh? Like, who cares? Fuck it. Like, let's just go. We'll stay with Matt, and then we'll just all go there that weekend. Like, regardless of where Baylor goes when we get to that, we can just all agree we're going uh, to the Raleigh yeah, region yeah. because, yeah, that would be sick. All right. With that in you mind. Guys can stay at, you guys can stay at my place and go to the Raleigh region. I'll go where Baylor goes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the I get away from Gruskin too, but I guess somehow I'm stuck with him, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just racing as quickly as possible to fill my Ann Arbor spot so that you guys don't send Baylor there because I'm like, <laughs> uh, that's like the worst case scenario for me. I'm trying to avoid it. But okay, UCLA is placed our final selection of the top tier. It's going to be Duke on the board now. And of course, Duke, a team you know very well, Maddie. Now they lost a bunch of pieces, but they have a bunch of young talent as well. They probably are forced to go to Chapel Hill, right? Well, I don't, I don't know if they're forced to go to Chapel Hill. That's where I'm going to put them, though. Uh, they, even yeah. in the past, Ramsey has – he's Duke done is this. Yeah, Duke is absolutely traveled, geography restricted. Okay, yeah. And, and even if they're not, like if you look over the past couple of years, Ramsey has gone to Chapel Hill without any restrictions anyway. I just think it makes too much sense. They can be the number two seed in this situation. Um, you know, obviously nobody wants to play North Carolina, but it, it just, this is how it broke down. So uh, put Duke number two in Chapel Hill.
And before, because Chris, this is a unanimous selection, I believe, from you and I as well. So, Maddie, just give me 30 seconds to a minute. What do you think about this Duke team post all of the departures, just this roster they have left? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, they have a smaller team now. There's not a whole lot of depth. There is some talent there. Um, but it's just when you lose guys that are veterans, that were seniors playing towards the top of the lineup. I mean, guys like Nick and Spencer, um, they just they didn't do anything to replace them. So um, there's still a little bit of talent left over. Guys like Edu and, and Luca Keist and Garrett Johns, I think, is improved. And, and he can make some noise. My guy, Sean Scully, is going to be great in singles and doubles. Um, but after that, you know, it's it, it could be a little bit of tough sledding. And in, in the ACC, we know how tough of a conference that is. So, um, you know, I, I definitely expect them to take a step back this year. Last year, they were having a great season, but uh, it, it could be tough. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. And I think we can get uh, to our next team now here, because I think this next team on your board, Maddie, is probably going to Chapel Hill as well in South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that call. I, I really do. Um, throw them there. Again, that's another team that we have seen go to Chapel Hill in the past. I remember just a couple of years ago, I mean, a year or two ago, um, they made the same move. So it's very, very close geographically. I think um, South Carolina will feel good about that Duke matchup in the Absolutely. first round. So. They'll take that, right? I mean, and then, you know what? Take your shot against a, a UNC for a spot in the indoors. So, um, you know, to, to be able to, to come out with a win against a Duke team and then face possibly, you know, North Carolina. Um, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty good call there. Look, I think if you're any of these teams, and Chris, you talked to Goffey the most, uh, Coach Goffey, head coach Goffey, started to refer to him so loosely. That's not what I meant. Um, but look, if you're South Carolina and you can give your pick last, but you look at the UTRs here, you're favored in all six singles flights against Duke. Like if, you're, if your goal is to make the national indoors, this is the most winnable first match on Maddie's board. I think it's the most winnable first match on my board as well. That's why I also have South Carolina going there. Uh, Chris, are we off here? Or do you think that's the move? No, yeah, I think, I, I, I think at this point uh, on all three of our boards uh, that the likely, there's only the two most likely scenarios are A, they take Chapel Hill or B, they pass. Uh, because I, I think that just in, in talking to Coach Gaffey and the things that are going on, I, I have a feeling, and, and he didn't say this exactly, I just kind of have a feeling that travel will be uh, a significant factor for them. And I think that will pin them to either going to North Carolina at this point or passing, which is a, a good likelihood. There are a lot of SEC teams that are putting together their own little pods on that weekend to play. So there's a good chance that they could get into one of those and just decide to pass because they don't like the prospects of having to beat North Carolina. Uh, but if you want to take your shot and, and think that, you know, you, you win your first match and, and take your chances and, and try to get to indoors, then, then you go there. So I think we just go ahead and pin them in, pencil them in there, knowing that they may pass. Uh, but if they do pick, that's where they, I think they've got to go. No, it feels worth noting South Carolina played UNC twice last year. Uh, so at least they know the team they're coming up against. And obviously they don't have Paul Jubb, but, you know, you play a team three times. Uh, it's really hard to beat them three times in a row. And that's essentially what North Carolina is going to have to be doing now. Of course, there's still a prohibitive favorite. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, there's no reason to 
Well, I mean, there is a reason to fear the Tar Heels, but I, I think Carolina, I agree with you guys. Uh, South Carolina ends up heading there. All right. Uh, again, we still have, I believe, something like 10 more picks to go here uh, in the draft. If we start to speed up at this point, it's because, again, the openings are a little fewer and far between. Uh, let's go to Iowa next here, Maddie, and let's start with you. Where do you have the Hawkeyes heading? Yeah, let's take a look at my board here. I'm going to put Iowa in Ann Arbor. I'm going to put Iowa in Ann Arbor. Yeah, uh, again, fellow Big Big Ten school, uh, familiar territory. Now, obviously, you know, A&M is, is a tough matchup in that first uh, that first match there. But again, A&M, you know, I, I've always thought of them as more of an outdoor team. Iowa plays indoors quite a bit. Um, I just think that's a, a fairly easy choice. They, they definitely don't want to go to Columbus. See, that's where I'm going to, and we're going to have our first disagreement. And look, for me, Iowa would be playing Michigan right away. It would fill my Ann Arbor region. I'm not going to do that. But if you go to Columbus, you're the two seed now. And, you know, at least it's a fellow, it's a Big Ten match. It's indoors. Ohio State probably wins it, but anything can happen. I just think, Chris, given the breakdown of my board, I think that's where they go, right? You probably like your two-seed match at Ohio State better than being the four-seed in Ann Arbor or Fort Worth, and certainly better than going to play Florida in Austin. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the question is, how realistic do you know? How realistic does Ross think his chances are of of winning a region? If if he really thinks he can win, I, I can't believe there's any way he thinks he's getting out of Ohio State with a win. Mm-hmm. So if he goes to Ohio State, he's going for hey, let's get one win and take our shot against Ohio State. Odds are it's not going to go our way. Versus my the only other good option to me is because it's again geographically a a good spot for him is go to Ann Arbor play Michigan who you play all the time and you know well and then Tennessee UCLA neither one of them is going to be you know a lights out Ohio State type match so I think that would be possible but uh yeah I, I I can't argue with going to Ohio State as the two but you have Iowa I believe going to Ann Arbor as the three yeah, I'm going to take Iowa to, to stay and, and go to Ann Arbor, you know, stay close to home and go to Ann Arbor. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you just made the case for it. So for the Hawkeyes, I think we agree Midwest for them is probably where they're going to stick. Let's move to our next team now. Number 24, Texas Tech, and you're looking at the board for them. Stanford, you know, the two Texas schools. You can go, Chris, on your board, they can go play TCU round one. They can go play Stanford round one. Maybe they choose to go to LA and play USC round one. Maybe they're the team that's like, you know what, we're going to go to Columbus and be the two seed. What do you have for Tech? Yeah, now it gets fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Golly. I I feel like we're giving like we're giving Stanford so much respect here. No, you not, guys are giving Stanford. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, we're not filling that region and then, you know, for the same reason that your board is screwed if Stanford doesn't go to USC we may have screwed our whole board if they do because we're not putting anybody else in Texas for that reason. Uh, yeah. And if they're not there and Texas is actually – well, if they don't go there, Texas is probably full before we even get here. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
That's why Stanford's the linchpin, by the way. They're, as they go, the rest of the draft goes. Yeah, it, it's a it, yeah, it is. It's a big it's it's a big decider. Reflection. Um, golly, that's a it's. A, I, I mean, I do think it is at at this point. I think it is between Texas and and TCU because I think they're going to stay in in Texas in Texas. But uh, Roger Goodell just called. He needs the pick. Yeah, you're killing me. I'm going to TCU. Yes. <laughs> Can I just say, you're, you and Matt staying consistent in your, I don't want to say fear, but respect of Stanford, it might be my favorite part of this draft. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You guys either nailed it or you're just so wrong. And these teams are going to be like freshman kickoff weekend. Please, yeah. we're not afraid of them. Yeah, for the same argument I argued against somebody with two freshmen, I'm giving Stanford with two freshmen all the respect. <laughs> exactly. All right, Maddie. He has Texas Tech going to Fort Worth. That fills out two for him. Where do you have Texas Tech going? Yeah, I have him going to Fort Worth as well. I, I just think it's going to be either, like we've said, it's there or Austin. I... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Fort Worth and and have them match up with a familiar Big Twelve school. They know the facilities. They know the courts. You know, there's gonna be no secrets there. Um, take your shot. You know, you're gonna play TCU throughout the year. Get a good match in against them early. And hey, if they somehow win that, you know, then you're talking um, Tennessee or or Ole Miss. So uh, I'll put them in Fort Worth. Against Florida, they would be underdogs in all six singles flights. Against TCU, they would be underdogs in all six singles flights. For that reason, I'm going to have Texas Tech head to Austin. Right, Chris? At this point, like, do you really want to go to a well, – They're also going to be underdogs in all six singles matches well, for their that as well. Well, it's true, but at least that second match now, hopefully you're not playing a... – <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Man, the bullshit I'm spewing – <laughs> that's right yeah but whoo anyways <clears throat> our two here we come anyways i just think for texas tech at that point look maybe you beat florida maybe you don't but you're close to home it's outdoors man i am really struggling here you're close to home it's outdoors I clearly need to stop talking for a little bit. So yeah, Texas Tech I mean, is going to Austin. That's fine. They're going to oh. get a winnable second match for sure. It's Texas or whoever's the four seed picking behind them, right? <laughs> so maybe you lose to Florida, but that second match, you, you got a good shot at winning that second match. Go ahead and I, I can't argue that. Take, take that region and, and, you know, and, and go, for, go for the split. The difference with Bruskin's uh, bracket, Chris, He's got Florida in Austin, whereas we have Stanford. Right. So yeah, and I, th I think they've it, got to think that they're probably not winning that first match. But again, that's where I say, yeah, you lose the first one, but you're going to get either Texas or somebody that you're seated ahead of next. So sure, let's uh, uh, let let's let's go let's let's go and get one good win because that uh, that match with Texas would be a good match. Mm -hmm. I'm about to cheat so hard. I'm looking at some of these names coming up. I'm about to make a bias selection. First one of the night is coming up. But before we get to that, let's get to our next team, the Pepperdine Waves, number 25 Pepperdine, undefeated at the end of the 2020 season, the only undefeated school in Division I men's tennis. Uh, they have, you know, geographically uh, on my board, it makes the most sense for them to go to L.A., but they've got a couple of different openings 
Do I send him to Austin at this point, Chris, on my board? Like, if you're Pepperdine and you see Texas first round is open, do you take a shot there and take a shot at Florida? Do you go to TCU or do you go to Ann Arbor? I probably send them to Austin because it's outdoors. That's where I would have Pepperdine in this scenario. Yeah, I like it. I, they, Pepperdine's open for travel. Uh, we, we, got, we got that information. So uh, they don't have uh, to stay in L.A., and if they're if they're truly open, and I've got the board you're looking at for you, yeah, I like that. Te- I like playing Texas first match. Uh, I just screwed myself too, which makes me so upset. But we'll get to that in a second because there's an inevitable spot now where it's. Ah, <laughs> damn it! This is what I said. I was trying to pull chicanery, but I'm like, I got to be honest to the board. And if Pepperdine sees this board, they're going to Austin. So give me Pepperdine going to Austin. If you want to throw he who must not should be named in that other region as well, that's where I'm going next. But, Maddie, where do you have Pepperdine uh, going in your scenario? I just think it's funny that you did that. You actually did this to yourself. The I scenario know. that you wanted I to avoid, <laughs> that is just too funny, man. In, in my, on my bracket, I, I know they're open for travel, but I, I'm going to keep them in L.A. You're going to have them Ooh. be the fourth team to fill out your bracket in the LA. Yeah, and, and it's a super tough bracket, but I don't know. I just, I could see them sticking around. You know, you're going to get some fantastic matches. Um, you know, if it actually breaks down like this, you know, but I, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I just think it's an easy choice for me to keep them fairly local and stay out in LA. I'm going to roll with that. All right, Chris, I've got Pepperdine going to Austin. Matt's got him headed to L.A. Where do you have them going? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's about time I, we end all the Stanford respect, and I'm going to have to go ahead and send Pepperdine to Austin as well. Yeah, but we're not going to stop the Ohio State respect. Ohio State's no, yeah. unscathed. How many hundreds of matches in a row? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the time. Anyone who's like, oh, Gruskin, you're in the, you're in the shill for the Wolverines. I am. I, yeah, the, but like, the last team to come out of Columbus is, you know, Oklahoma in like 1824 yeah. or something. And like, I will hear on end that Alex Galea made the worst calls in the history of humankind. <laughs> and it's like, they didn't actually win the match. The win streak is still intact. And so, yeah, I, I get it. I get it, of course. But... This gets us to our next team, Alabama. The first time we are going to do this, Chris, you have it on good authority they're going to pass? Yeah, I don't see any way. I mean, I think they're still in just because it makes sense that you leave yourself the opportunity if the board struck you and you said, oh, absolutely, we want to – like if, if, if Raleigh was still open and, and that's where George wanted to go – he might look at this board and, and say, yeah, there, there is a place I really like there. Maybe he really likes Austin. I don't think so. They're working on getting together with some other teams to try to play some more competitive matches at the same time. I, I just think it makes too much sense. And I'm going to say that Alabama passes. It's fair. It's fair. And I mean, you're reporting better than all of us. So Matt, I, I think you're comfortable if we all pass Alabama on this one. Yep. Yeah. All right. We will skip them and move to our next team. I can't believe I screwed myself with this. And look, I like to play off, you know, whatever, whatever. And I do things intentionally to troll. This was not a troll. This was not intentional. And it just pisses me off. But Chris, I, you can put it up there right now on both of our boards for Maddie and I. Baylor is going to Ann Arbor. Matt Stokowiak is going to spend a weekend at the Gruskin house. This is just the pick, right, Maddie? 
This is absolutely the pick. You did it unintentionally. I did it intentionally, <laughs> and it's going to work out. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think at this point, um, it just it, it makes a little bit too much sense. You know, uh, do they really want to go be to Chapel Hill and, and play North Carolina right off the bat? Do they want to go and be the, the two at Ohio State? They could, and we know that Coach Woodson doesn't care where they go. They're not going to fear any team in the country. They would have no problem going to Columbus, but I just think that uh, that spot in Ann Arbor is a little too prime to, to pass up. I agree with you. I would love if under your scenario, Baylor goes to Austin and it's like, give us Stanford first match, roll out the tennis balls. Yeah. Let's play folks because that in Florida wake forest, I would, Oh my God, we'd have to get a pride of a jet. I'd have to talk to my jet <laughs> people and we'll just have to fly between matches. Yeah. Look, if the draft breaks my way, if Baylor has the option, you know, for me, Austin's closed. If they have to go play TCU or if they have to go play Michigan round one, they choose to go to Michigan because you can see Michigan, Tennessee and UCLA. That's three different teams than Oklahoma state and TCU who you're guaranteed to see during the conference. They wouldn't, they don't want to be a three seed in Columbus. They don't want to be a three seed with USC and Stanford in, uh, in LA. Although, again, roll the balls out. Let's play, folks. I think for me, Baylor has to go to Ann Arbor. Chris, you could put them in Austin. You could give us Stanford Baylor round two, or you could just complete the sweep. We could just stab me in the heart right now and have a unanimous Baylor to Ann Arbor decision. Yeah, I mean, yeah, stab me in the heart. Just do it. I, I think that's probably, I mean, I think it's a lot more likely that they end up in Ann Arbor, but if I'm Baylor and I truly have, you know, we're, we're not getting all of this right, but if the board that I'm looking at is my board, I think I got to go to Austin. Yes. yes. I mean, I can't, it's, it's close to home. You're getting a first match that you feel like 90% chance you're going to win. And then you're going to play Stanford for the, for the title and Stanford's got two freshmen that haven't even played college tennis yet. I mean, I, how do you not take that? I, I've, I've got to take the Texas region if I'm Baylor. Throw up, the, throw up the UTR. Yeah. Oh, I will throw that up right now. If you are Texas and you are playing Stanford, or excuse me, you are Stanford and you are playing the Baylor Bears, you look for Baylor right now against Stanford. Stanford would be favored in five of the six. This, of course, factors in Brooksby. I also just like... I'm sorry, but if you're telling me it's Tim Saab versus Nick Stokowiak at six, six singles, give me Stokowiak. If you're telling me Charlie or it's Sven Law versus a freshman Tristan Boyer at four singles, give me Sven Law. I just like – it's tough for Stanford. Of course, you look here now, again, versus Michigan or Florida for Baylor versus, you know, the Baylor-Michigan match. They're a pretty comprehensive favorite via UTR against Florida – it still leans Florida, but UTR does not do this Baylor team justice. Of course, not in the lineup. There's no boy 10. There's no Garcia in this UTR equation. We know how good both of those guys are. I mean, the UTRs are close, but I agree with you, Chris. I think under this scenario, they have to go to Austin. It makes sense geographically. The region is more open than Ann Arbor in this circumstance. You don't want to have to beat Michigan and Florida versus beating Texas and Stanford. You, 
you'd rather take the latter. So I agree with your pick here. And again, that is your third region locked. Baylor going to Austin for you, Ann Arbor, for the both of us. That, of course, a critical decision. But next up come the Wildcats of Northwestern. And look, both you, Matt, and Chris have the Ohio State region open. Given the way both of your boards have broken, they have to go to Columbus, right? Like at a certain point, someone's going to Columbus. Oh, not on my board. <laughs> All right, Chris, give us the pick first. Oh, they're going to Ann Arbor? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, would I rather play Michigan or Ohio State? I'm playing Michigan. Come on. You'd rather play Michigan first match versus maybe get a win in Columbus first match. I guess that's where like, – I'm not saying Northwestern, by the way, can't beat Michigan. I'm just saying versus like the, the openness of Columbus versus the sure thing in Michigan, you'd still – Yeah, well, so I look at that and think, all right, you're telling me that – uh, I'm not going to beat Ohio State. That's, you know, I'm going to say that, that if I go there, I'm not winning. I think I have a better chance at beating Michigan, but if I don't, my second match is likely Iowa on my board, uh, a match that I, I think is a very good, you know, that, that's a good match. We, pl- we see them all the time. I feel like I have a good shot against them, and I'm actually going to be a favorite and maybe end up with a match that isn't all that, you know, worth all that much to me come rankings point. If I go to Ohio State, I, I got to go to Michigan. It's, it's an argument. It certainly is an argument. Maddie, what would you do here? Well, let's look at my board. I mean, I don't have, I don't have that option, right? And I just don't think Northwestern is going to want to go to Austin and play Stanford right out of the box outdoors. They're not going to want to go to Chapel Hill. I just, I'm going to stick them in Columbus as the two seed. I think it's a pretty obvious choice here because they can maybe get a win right in that first round. They're not going to go through. They're not going to make it to Illinois uh, for the national indoors, but Hey, I mean, this is an opportunity to, possibly win your first match and then play an Ohio state team that you know, you're going to have to face in the big 10. So why not match up with them early and see how that goes? I'll put them in Columbus. Look, Northwestern, pretty quality UTR Power Six. They have the number 14 recruiting class. Of course, that includes our boy, Presley Thieneman, who I had to highlight there just because uh, it's contractually obliged to do so. Yeah, I think on your draft, that makes the most sense for me. I mean, they're not going to Chapel Hill. They're not going to L.A. It just doesn't make sense for them to go to Fort Worth. I know I have three Big Ten teams here, but we've talked about it repeatedly. Geography is going to play a factor, and this is the all-geography board. Uh, Give me Northwestern in Columbus as well, Chris. I just think that's where they have to go at this point. And now it would be a really interesting decision for our next team, Virginia, because uh, you look here across a couple of boards. Maddie, I think it's safe to say for you, and we can start, would you have them? going to Columbus or do you have them rounding out in Chapel Hill? Yeah, I don't think they're going to go to Columbus. Mm-hmm. I, I think Chapel Hill would probably be the choice here. Um, it's just, it's close and you know, they know that they're going to get, it's going to be a tough weekend. It's going to be a tough weekend, but here's the thing, right? Let's just say they lose that first match to North Carolina in all likelihood. Then you match up with a Duke or South Carolina team. That's a good match and a match that if they win, they can come out of the weekend feeling okay about themselves. Um, So I just, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. You have, again, a much more open board, I suppose, than the rest of us at this point. You look at where you are at. Well, I guess not that open. It's probably the most closed. Unless you're having them flying out to L.A., they're going to Columbus. 
No, I, I think Virginia's they're, – they're going to Chapel Hill. I've already – Oh, excuse me, Chapel – oh, that's – you cheated on me. You pulled a fast one on me, Chris. That's no yeah. fun. Um, yeah, all right. Well, since you guys both agree, I'm going to agree as well. We can make that a unanimous pick. And by the way, our Chapel Hill regionals across the board all look exactly the same. Duke, South Carolina, Virginia joining the Tar Heels. That's an interesting note. Maybe we will get one region right uh, across the board as we seem to agree. But that makes the choice clear for Virginia. Next up – Cal, I've made my clear, you know, my thoughts very clear. I'm going to have Cal sticking in LA. I just think that's the way it's going to have to work. Uh, we'll go to you next, Maddie. You don't have an open spot in LA. You have Austin and Columbus remaining. Geographically, they probably head to Austin, right? Yeah, they definitely head to Austin. I mean, and mm -hmm. that's a match where, you know, you play Stanford. Like, to me, this is a choice here. Interesting. Conference rivals, mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, Stanford, we've talked about the freshmen. To me, this is very, very interesting. An outdoor site. I like California in this spot, right? It took us forever to fill this, at least on my, on my draft board here. But to me... This one makes more sense than pretty much anything else, which is why I left this uh, the way that I have. So I, I like this. Can I just say again, if teams are actually this scared of Stanford, is this, if this is how we see the actual draft break out, I will be shocked. And I mean, every coach you talk to, it's what's Stanford doing? What's Stanford doing? Gruskin, have you heard anything? And it's like, I wish, like, believe me, the second I do, uh, I'll make it public. I'll tweet that shit out. But yeah, it's probably... I mean, yeah, I just think that's the geographical pick. I think that's where they have to go on your board, Chris. Uh, same deal you have. You did not sneak them in. You have Columbus and L.A. open. I assume that means you have them sticking in L.A. Yeah, I've got, I've got to put them in L.A., which, which means by there's no chance in hell my board is close to right because I've now filled everything and left off. <laughs> wide open <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good I'm glad we're partnered together on this one yeah look I have Cal going there as well two spots open or three spots open on all of our boards remaining the next team coming up Oklahoma Chris I think you can pencil them into Ohio State for you so I suppose we can skip that part <laughs> Maddie Austin or Columbus where do you have them going because geographically it, it both are available both are available, but I'm going to round out that Austin region. I, I just yeah. think that's that's a good choice. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, again, Big 12 schools. Um, that's a good opportunity for Oklahoma. And, you know, they're not going to want to go play indoors at Columbus. Yeah. See, you guys are so boring. I still have three regions available. I got choices here. That's all I wanted was choices. Yeah, there's no choice on your board. <laughs> yeah, you're going to say they're going to Fort Worth. Of course. Geographically, yep. it'd be nice to see them throw a curveball there and go to Columbus. Three Big 12 schools in one region, three Pac-12 schools in one region. God. I mean, look, I want to have, have, say, three Big 10 schools in a region, three ACC schools in a region. I am the all-region board, by the way. This is what happens if geography takes over. Yeah, for that reason, put Oklahoma in Fort Worth. You could put Denver probably in L.A. for me, and I know well, the reason well, Denver – this, this is where it gets – this is where it gets interesting, Alex. So, so because we've had a pass and we didn't talk about this before. Okay. Uh, if you look down at the, at the order there where you see Denver in the 21st pick, but they're number 42, uh, Denver actually, before we passed with Alabama, they were the last team in. And there's, there's a wild ITA rule that has something to do with a, a regional ranking that that guarantees Denver a spot in. It's kind of like being winning your conference for the NCAA tournament and being guaranteed a spot, even if you're not in the top 
uh, X number of teams, right? You could be ranked 150, but if you win your conference tournament and you're in one of those auto berths, you get in. That's the situation Denver's in. But what happens is as teams pass, they will slide down in, the, in that order until they get to their natural position at number 42, and then they can't get worse. So because we passed Alabama once, Arizona will actually have the next pick and Ooh. then Denver. So we, would, we will have to pick. Uh, All right. Well, Arizona in that case, here. then give me Arizona in that LA region. Let's just lock in that all pack 12 for me. I mean, for you guys, if it's only Ohio State open for Arizona, which is the case both of you have, do you think they pass? Uh, I mean, do they play there? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's that or bust. So I guess you guys got to make a choice. Is, is Arizona in or out? I, I think they play. Yeah, I think I, – right. I think they play as well. Put them in on mine. All right, Arizona going to Columbus then for Maddie, and I believe that means Denver's going to him next, right? Denver has to round out that region. So it's Arizona and Denver closing things out for Matt in Columbus. Chris, same deal with you. It's going to be Arizona and Denver. Uh, I think I'm not screwing that up, I believe. Uh, Closing things out for you there. Uh, And then, of course, for mine, it will be Denver uh, in the Columbus region as well. It seems to be the sentence we have for these teams you have first round. Ohio State but again that should be uh that is uh and what should be completed a very fun ITA kickoff mock draft as you guys can tell plus the coaches we are well over the two hour mark about two and a half going and that's because we wanted to play out all these scenarios try and make it as realistic as possible I'm going to scroll through these boards again for those of you watching on YouTube for those who want to go check out our list of selections Chris if you want to take screenshots now of each of these boards uh that's the move maybe we can share our mock draft results at the end tell people if they want to listen of course hopefully you listen through this whole thing and by the way to any of you who started with us at the start of this show and are still with us at the end round of applause for you you made it the full two and a half hours obviously maddie and chris huge shout outs to you we can wrap things up here matt looking at your board if this is how things break out if this is how it all goes down what would your reaction be and just your thoughts from this exercise yeah i mean if it if it breaks down this way uh Good Lord, man. I mean, I'm going to look at the Raleigh region again. It's pretty stacked. I mean, the Wolfpack, Florida, Wake Forest. Um, and then obviously I'm, I'm looking to Ann Arbor as well. I mean, that first round matchup, Baylor, Michigan would be tremendous. And then obviously, you know, a Texas A&M squad that is poised to, uh, to make it to, to Illinois for the indoors. So super interesting. Um, we'll see how it shakes out, man. I mean, I, I don't know if we're even going to be close to what actually happens, but <laughs> somebody's got to take screenshots of these so we can compare when it's all said and done. I want to know. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely grab all these screenshots, and, it, and it's worth noting that for Matt and I, just because the, uh, the draft interface and, and, and our, folk, our friends at Slam Tennis and Shannon would fix this after the draft if this is the way it really came out, Arizona would actually be the three seed in Columbus and Denver would be the four, uh, both, both for Maddie and I, it didn't matter in yours, Alex, because they went to different regions. Uh, but I'll see if we can get the, if we can get Shannon before I screen capture, uh, if I can get him to move those, otherwise we'll just do a little, uh, a, a little image, uh, moving around with those. But, 
but yeah, we'll, we'll grab all these and save them and, and put them out there as what our drafts are. And uh, note, just with the noted exception that we've got to swap Denver and Arizona on Matt's board and mine. And I may go through and do my own mock draft where Stanford doesn't go to LA, just so you can hear my thoughts there as well. This was like the all region team. Actually, you know what? No, I'm sticking with my board. I'm going to be right. You guys are going to be wrong. Uh, but of course, that's always the fun of a mock draft is we get to find out as the real ITA kickoff draft taking place next Monday, December 7th. Of course, the three of us will be back to break down how things actually turned out, our most notable takeaways, the matches we are looking forward to the most as well. Uh, Chris, I cut you off a little bit there. Do you have any final thoughts? No, no. I, I, I got everything and I wanted to. But, uh... <laughs> I would I'm ready so. to see this happen. Yeah, two and a half hours we got in everything we wanted to. Of course, a huge shout out to both Coach Woodson and Coach Spencer for taking the time to chat with us three days ago at the start of this podcast. A huge shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Lincoln and Daniel Westhoff, for the fuck of an editing job they do day in, day out. A huge shout out to both of you guys as well for sticking in here with me. And again, a huge shout out to the ITA. I know I speak for all of us when I say we are so excited to have college tennis back in our lives. Uh, but with that in mind, for our wonderful guests, Kyle Spencer and uh, Michael Woodson, our my, my fantastic co-hosts, Matt Stokowiak and Chris Halliores, our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I am your host, Alex Gruskin. Gentlemen, after two and a half hours, what do we tell our listeners? Hey. Hey. Great, Great shot. shot. And we will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone.